When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode. Storyline by storyline. Character by character. As we break down the making of your favorite zip code. With your host. Charles Rose. Did I say that? Yeah. Mary Mullen. This thing about the, the the real person, and we're going. What? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh yeah. All right. Well, here we are back on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Uh, right off the bat, before we get into this, I just want to note uh, everything that's going on with Texas has been so sad and tragic. And, um, you know, I don't really know what to say. I don't think Larry and I are, you know, proper people to talk on this issue, but um, just devastating. Yes, Larry, what's happening? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, it's almost like well, should we talk about it? Because there might be another one next week. Uh, it's all depressing, but go Ukraine, I have to say, because uh, they part yes. of our planet, and I don't know, I'm sure we have fans there. But no, I feel terrible about it, and you know, whatever. It's nothing it's to say. Nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Lo- you know, all politics is local, so try to uh, try to enact change locally. That's, You've got a good chance. All you can do. Um, now, this week we're, we're talking about graduation day. Uh, this is season seven. First off, Larry, how are things in the in the vineyard? All good? What's happening there? Uh, yeah, you, and, you, you and Munz have a beautiful, I'm going to leave it in. You guys had a wonderful no, conversation no. about about clamming. I think people are going to love the recipes. They're going to want to know what to do. I think I left it in. I think it should stay in. Um, how, how, are, how are things going well, in the vineyard? Well, you know, I am a shell fisherman. And, you know, in the low tides, I look for the low tides to get out there and, uh, and bring in uh, the harvest. And then we have a lot of different climbing recipes. And so that's all good. And uh, seeing friends is good. And, you know, but the world is really bad right now. So it's hard to really uh, jump for joy other than, you know, to be happy with our loved ones and our family and people we keep close. And and the community of people we have here is really renewing every time we get on the show. Uh, this week, we, me and Larry are live right now, so like right I could, now, like I could put, uh, you know, Brian saying hello, nine hundred two one zero pals, you know, Liz saying hello, oh, yes. hello, Simon Moon, all right, Maggie, all right, uh, Rebecca Shin. We'll talk about her in a second. I think but, we've been doing an after dark today too. I'm yeah, we're, late, man. I'm we're doing an after dark hard. for the Patreons. We're going all the way in. Um, and it's Everything. been a minute since we've done all that, but now all of the interviews that we months, conducted, months, months. nobody's going to be live with us. They no. were all pre-recorded earlier during the week. It was just easier for everybody's schedules. So, but me and Larry, we're, this is Chuck would love this. This is a clip show. It's a clip show, <laughs> <laughs> right? This yeah, is the way you do. Yeah, I think Chuck's in Washington D.C. So I think so. I think he's having a pretty good time. Um, but so talking about the graduation day, I wanted to play a clip. Here we go. The first clip. This is rarely one of the first clips that were shared on BuzzFeed from back in the day. It's now time for the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Jason, please forgive me, but um, (laughs) we actually had the Spice Girls for the end of college graduation where Kelly Taylor's father, who was a big venture capitalist, was actually going to end up going to jail 
decides to do a big gesture and throw a big party and he's going to have the Spice Girls and the Spice Girls had approached us. They wanted to do the show. I mean, that's so when I presented it before the director and producer of the show, uh, who was the director, which was Jason. Jason literally looked at me like I had two heads. Like it wasn't bad enough. We did the Rolling Stones. Now we're doing the Spice Girls. This is it. I'm out of here. I'm not renewing my contract. We're getting the cardigans. Ooh. I had to kind of look them up on MTV and kind of watch for a while to love see, like, love, 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 love. No, just very light. <laughs> you know, it's just, to- you know, no one remembers. Anyway, so, I so I, me, I, that's what uh, that that's, that's the show me. that I got fired. That's the, the band I got fired over. I kind of had overstepped my balance at that Wait, point. Wait, on, on, the, on the Cardigans or the Spice Girls? Who, the, Spice who, the Spice Girls. You know, I, I, had, I, I died on the Spice Girl Hill. <laughs> So that was the first, uh, that was a long time ago. Nice to see Lily there, right? Lily? Yeah, oh, sure. oh. Beautiful. I think that was the first episode, and that went, BuzzFeed shared all that. And it's ironic because in this conversation with Jason Priestley that we're about to go to, it comes up. <laughs> it does. The Cardigans and the Spice Girls uh, come up, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So um, this is what we've got loaded for everybody this week. Uh, it's We've got a really awesome interview with Jason Priestley about graduation day. Um, we've got months. I'm going to review all the mysteries. We got Drew Kinney. We got your brother, Fred Mullen, uh, who really talks about scoring that scene with uh, Donna and David. And we've got um, our friend Ruth Livier. Uh, Joy, so she'll she'll be oh an God, interview God, here yeah, as well. Joy, she's wonderful. And she's so oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and the Spice Girl and the Cardigans. And the Cardigans, that's right. And the Cardigans themselves, which is all, all these are a little bit longer interview, but I will be here watching it along with you guys. Um, but first, Larry, let's talk about this This for you, right? We haven't kind of delved into your version of this. Uh, I know you guys, you talk about it a bunch in here, but um, coming to graduation day, season seven was a really long year. And um, what was going on in, in the world of 90210 here? Because the big thing, of course, and you'll talk about it in some of the interviews, is Donna is going to lose her virginity. Well, I mean, this is, you know, this is a combination of, of, of California University. But, you know, we're, we're, we're going up. So it's got to be if, if, if it's even going to go on. I mean, so at that point, we knew it was going to go on. Um, the show is going to go on. We weren't sure what, what form uh, they were going to do it or anything creative aspects of it. But to know it's just you want to have all those storylines just going at once. And when you watch the show, I just watched it again uh, with the watch line. I hadn't seen it probably because it was a, a painful show you know, at the time, but I hadn't really watched it at the beginning. But it's really well crafted. It's really well directed. And, and the writing is really good. Phil Sabbath and I wrote the episodes. And you'll see all the different triangles, everyone having to sacrifice one thing for another thing and making real hard choices in this thing. And uh, and it has its element of fun. It has the great template that we always try for, emotion, passion, bonding, fun. It's all, it's all there in this one. So that was very exciting to me. Uh, in the writing of it, we felt a great responsibility, obviously, of you know finishing this off. And certainly... In, we talk about in, in the Donna losing her virginity, you know, knowing I was going to be doing that, that was a, a big weight. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about that in the interview, and Jason, Jason talks about it also. Um, but yeah, so that was, was a fun episode. It had big scope in it. 
if the Spice Girls were, it would have had the wow factor. Sure. I always felt the Cardigans are more like a peach pit after dark act, but the Spice Girls would have been, oh my God, over the top. And yeah. maybe that's what really scared uh, people because they, you know, at that point, and I've said this before, you know, the, when you did a spelling show in, in the town, in our industry town, which no one else cares about, but perception wise, you know, it was kind of like not, not really that cool. You know, right. it, wasn't really, it wasn't classy or smart. It was mm -hmm. a spelling show. So this this even made it more of a spelling show to like, because it was so exploitative, yes. which is what I always loved about it. Yes. Not that I love the Spice Girls music so much, but just the, the gesture of Bill Taylor from having the Spice Girls for this party. You know, I mean, it would have been, sure. it would be an epic. Yeah, it's fine. But it all, everything, it's cool. And the cardigans are great. I enjoyed the car. I was singing that damn song all day today. I know, me too. I had it. I had oh, it on. All right, let's 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 hop into the interviews, and we we've talked a bunch, and we we talk a bunch in these interviews, so it's going to be like sort of talk I don't know Twilight Zone shit. You know what I mean? But here is uh, Jason Priestley earlier this week, the start of our interview. Um, hey, Becca. Um, and Larry, we are talking a little <laughs> bit about this episode, graduation day. Um, but I don't think that the three of us could properly be the only ones to talk about this. Right. We need some other people. We need the director of the episode maybe to come on in and talk to us. That'd be fabulous. <laughs> he's oh in God. David, he's in Davidson County, I guess. Hello, Jason. <laughs> Hang on, he's muted. Hang oh, on. Let's my yeah. There you All go. Right, What's up, man? How are you? Good to see you. I'm good. How are you doing? Awesome, USA, man. USA. Where are you, Jason? I'm in uh, Nashville, Tennessee today. Ah, that's what I said. Davidson, Davidson County. Davidson Priestley. <laughs> that's right. Davidson <laughs> County. Lovely Davidson County. Uh, Jason, this is Becca. Becca, Jason. Hi, Becca. Hi, nice How are to you? meet you. I'm good. Thank How are you? you? Good. I'm very well. Thanks. All right, let's talk about uh, graduation day. Yeah. <laughs> did you get to see it? Did you see any of it? I did. It's, I, I did. Seen I it watched it. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. It's I epic. It. Yeah, it, it, it really is epic. There was a, there was a lot to unpack there. Um, what, what did you guys think of it? Well, I mean, there's so many different things happening. First of all, let's talk about the Valerie thing, right? Valerie yeah. is, I mean, That's that was a, first, big, part. That's a Valerie, yeah. big part of the story yeah. is that Valerie is almost going to commit suicide. I mean, this is what she's saying that she's mm -hmm. going to do. She goes all the way to the, to the end of it, right? I mean, yeah. do you remember putting some of that together with her, with Tiffany? I, I didn't remember any of that. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that, that was all new information for me. I was like, wow, I totally forgot about this. And then, and then as I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember shooting that. Oh, I remember how we had to do that. And I remember how we had to, yeah. you know, get a crane out there at the bluffs and shoot over the, and shoot over back. And I, like, I remembered once I was watching it, I remembered the, you know, sort of the nuts and bolts of how we had to put it all together. And, um, and I remember, you know, going out there to Santa Monica and shooting at the, at the Shangri-La hotel. And, and I remembered all that stuff. And, and, and like, in sort of, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, today and sort of the focus on mental health that we have in society today, like Larry, like how far ahead of the curve were you um, in that, you know, in that season, like and in that season too, like, you know, David had a bout of depression yeah. Yeah. and then, and then Valerie had one, you know what I mean? Like we were, uh, we were a little ahead of the curve, like, you know, 20 plus years ahead of the curve. 
so far you know, that no one's going to give you any credit for it, but <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were just looking for a good story, a way to kind of put, you know, a Brandon in a real bind. And, and again, another triangle between Kelly, Valerie and Brandon. And, you right. know, and it just becomes, you know, the, you know, Jerson has to sacrifice almost the graduation uh, to, to save Valerie. So yeah, story-wise, I was, I was really satisfied to see that. I said, oh yeah, that's, that, that's pretty cool. Because yeah. I, I didn't, like you, I didn't remember that story at all. No. I, I do remember the part where David and her <laughs> early in the season were on the bus, but I forgot we had played the, you know, the, the suicide card again. And, you know, it was very in keeping with her character because everyone had already abandoned her. She was, had been dumped on by everyone. Even Nat had turned on her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was pretty cool that she, you know, she'd do that. And then I, I also like the fact that we have you arrive just in time to get the, the student <laughs> Right. It was just great. And, and, and walk straight up on the stage with, uh, with, with, you know, with Commissioner, well, you know, Chancellor Arnold, right? Right. Oh, my God. God bless Nick Pryor, yeah. Oh, my God. Love that guy. Love um, that guy. For you, though, you're directing this. Is it hard to act and direct at the same time? I'm curious for you. No, no, it, it it wasn't like that. Like at, like at that point in time, that was. I mean that that was. I think that was, those were my fifteenth and sixteenth hours of the show. It was, you know, it was it was pretty easy at that point in time. Um, you know, plus we we had said you know that 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 directing on that show for me was, um, you know that you know that's that's where I started my. Uh, television directing career and i had such a great support system there with you know with um rick gunter who was our our, our dp um you know god rest his soul you know he was he was such a great um uh friend and teacher and mentor for me and um steve randolph who was our camera operator our a camera operator was such a great teacher and mentor for me you know th those guys uh, those guys really uh, really helped me out of jams when I was when I was in when I early in my career when I would you know when they, they could see I was going to get myself in trouble they would sort of gently guide me out of out of harm's way when they could see I was going down a, a dangerous path and um, you know they, those guys were uh, were very influential uh, for me early on. From the perspective of Brandon here I mean the, com the conflict that he has with Valerie and, and Kelly's characters um, what do you what do you think about some of that with Brandon? He always has these kind of inner conflicts. Yeah, he 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 did, and and I, uh, you know, it was it was it was <laughs> it was it was it was fun to watch. Like I, you know, I I don't spend a lot of time watching these old episodes. Like you, like I could see, like like Kelly Kelly was uh, Kelly Kelly was bitchy, man. Right, she and, was a little you know, bit more. She, she was oh, not man. happy. The father, yeah. everything no. else. She was more yeah, snooty, well, you know, more snooty yeah. than usual. Kelly was, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, mm. and I, you know, that, you know, and I could see like, you know, and then, and then, Br and then Brandon's the episode only, like, he got, he got more and more dour too, right? Like as, as they were at the party and he was just like, he would, he was, he, he was walking around with that, with his own personal bar, that little, uh, that, that little violin case he had, which I, and I remember Ross Anderson, our prop guy, showed me that violin guess I was like, oh yeah, Brandon's gonna have that the whole time. Yeah, and I love that one scene where Brandon walked up to, to sit down at a table and talk to Kelly and he just opened up the case, pulled out a glass, <laughs> pulled out a bottle of Johnny Walker blue, poured it in the glass. And I and I remember when we shot that scene, it was a real bottle of Johnny Walker blue. And I was really drinking scotch. And, oh, the, and, I, and I remember how pissed <laughs> off Jenny was. 
Jenny just kept getting more and more mad because I was drinking real scotch and she was really <laughs> pregnant and she was like, she was all hormonal and she was like, you guys got to stop messing around, man. And she was like all hormonal and pissed <laughs> off. Oh my God, it was so much fun yeah. messing with her. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. It was just fantastic. That sounds like a yeah. lot of fun. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I thought there was some alcohol there because you feel that sense of loneliness, like he just is at the bottom there. He's just sitting there. And at one point, we have that guy Ryan come by and say, "Hey, do you know where Steve is?" I'm yeah, the, 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 the kid. Yeah, yeah, it's like so cold. <laughs> it's great. We were watching it and we were like, well, there's always somebody that usually comes in at a moment like that to try to interrupt. Mm -hmm. And so that was yeah. perfectly done. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my what god, about, it was so fun. What about right, so uh, Randy Spelling and uh, the other kid that's in this, uh, Austin, or uh, which is in the? They're both the you know Steve's brothers in this. Was that fun directing yes. Randy? I mean, Randy's the one that's probably more interesting because he's obviously related to Tori and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it was no, it was super fun. Uh, they were they you know they were fun and and you know and, and they were they were around a little bit that year. Um, uh that you know uh, that other kid whose name escapes me he was super uh he was super energetic and had tons of great ideas and uh he was really fun and Ra randy of course was around quite a bit uh on the show not only because he was tory's brother you know but that character sort of came and went on the show um but uh you know and that was fun and i i worked with randy a couple of times in the subsequent years on other projects and stuff um uh, so yeah, I mean, I you know, and obviously I knew Randy personally as well, so that was fun. Larry, we are. That's the first clip. We're gonna. I'm gonna jump. So far, what what was what your take on the fact that he was drinking real alcohol? I'm so shocked. I can't imagine Paul Wagner knew this because Paul was an old school guy, and it just, it's just, it was pretty liberating. And obviously, Muntz is gonna tell a story a little bit later yeah. on about that too. But uh, I'm fairly shocked is what i would say I, it was one of my shocking moments but, but i guess you know in a way that's where jason's uh, headspace was then he was kind of trying to make have fun and make it a party and he felt he felt had enough strong enough support system that he could pull it off you know somewhere you said that it was uh method directing method directing <laughs> yeah like, getting really drunk uh you know method directing yeah like method acting yeah in a way but uh like and the other person that we were Austin is Travis. Travis oh, yeah. is a drill Travis, what, Travis Webster is his name? Yes. yes. Travis Something. Webster. Yeah, yeah, so. He plays Ryan, the uh, other boy. No. Yeah. 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 Yes. No, he plays Austin. Austin. Randy Austin. plays Ryan. Yeah. All right. Let's get into characters. Let's go into more of Jason Priestley. This is about 10 minutes long. So if you need to go anywhere, anywhere, go ahead. Uh, but for everybody else, stay tuned because here's more Jason. Oh, it's great stuff. The other big thing, too, is Kathleen Robertson is leaving. Claire's character is leaving the show. Um, is it tough? To, how do you direct those enders? Because there's been tons of people leaving and all that stuff. And we've seen that kind of before. But um, I thought you did a really nice job with the way her character leaves. And I thought the stuff with her and Ian on the beach are really iconic people talk about that quite a bit actually so uh do you remember doing some of that yeah that you know what that scene was uh i i totally forgot that that scene was in the episode <laughs> two like right larry you too i me too i mean yeah i mean at the beach it's amazing yeah yeah it was it was beautiful that uh that that scene was uh and it was surprisingly uh powerful like i was watching and i was like oh my god she's gonna they're gonna break up right now like, i was yeah. I was really, uh, it was really powerful and really, I thought that, uh, I thought that Kathleen, um, 
you know, Kathleen was always a, a really good uh, little actress, and I thought that she, uh, I thought that she handled that really, really beautifully. You know, it, it's like it's like any of those scenes, right? Like you you try to you just try to, you know, you try to get the actors to temper it, right? And certainly the thing with um, with with actors, you you know, you you just don't you don't want them to push it, right? Like, and and that's the thing that I try to try to get across with actors, especially with young actors. Like you do, just like, don't push it. Like, just don't push the emotion. If the, you know, let, let the emotion be, let, let it, let it happen for you. Right. Like, don't, yeah. don't force yourself to, 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 to cry. cry. Just let, let it happen. Right. And, yeah. and if you're, and if, and if you're authentic, if you're authentically in the moment with the other actor and, and it, and you feel like you're, you're going to cry, let, you know, try, you know, or, or try not to cry, which is always yeah. a much more interesting choice, you know, yeah. try to try to, Fight, fight that instinct to cry because that's because that's what people do. That's right? true. Yeah, people try not to cry because it's embarrassing to cry. Mm -hmm. You don't want to cry, right? Like try to hold that in. Totally. You know, you know, I was thinking when you're saying that because obviously as writers, we act out the scenes in our head or, or even you know together, and you're feeling the emotion as a writer in that scene. And you're just hoping the actors are going to be and the directors are going to say the same thing because. I think we were crying because we felt so bad the relationship was ending too when we were writing. Yeah. Uh, Phil and I, Phil and I, and I, I remember that feeling. Uh, yeah, and it was, and it delivered so well. And it's, it's just, yeah. it's sad. Again, another triangle: Steve, Chancellor Arnold, and Claire. They're kind of fighting right. for for her attention, and, and she chooses the father. And, right, you know, right. So it's a successful storyline in a sense because people have to sacrifice. She's sacrificing Steve for the father. Yeah. Uh, the Roaring Twenties themed party. I thought that was yeah. cool. What did you think, Jason? <laughs> I, I man i loved it i mean that you know i you know at, the, at that point in my life i was i was very uh obsessed with all things art deco in the 20s and the 30s and you know like the hat that i that friend wore that's actually my hat that um you know and so for so for me to go shoot at the at the will turn and do all that stuff was uh was right up my alley so it was Randy you know, and I was super obsessed with Miller's Crossing, you know, the the Coen Brothers film at the time. So it was, you know, I was I was in I was in heaven. So it was uh, it was very very fun for me. That's cool. To do all that stuff, and it, and I thought it gave me, and more importantly, it gave uh, it gave us a and me and Molly Campbell, our, our costume designer, talked about this a lot. It gave us great opportunities to hide Jenny's pregnancy. So mm -hmm. uh, so you'll 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 notice in the episode Jenny was always um shopping or sitting at a table or doing doing something so i she could she could always be holding bags in front of her or doing something that so it would always be easy for me to hide her pregnancy and a lot of my directorial choices were dictated by hiding her pregnancy so so i was either in a big huge wide shot or in a close-up like this on her because mm -hmm. i couldn't ever be in a medium shot because it would it would show her pregnancy too much because she was incredibly pregnant she was uh, you know she was uh, like 36 weeks pregnant at that point in time she had a baby that, about totally. about three three weeks after we wrapped that um that season so it was it was quite a um quite quite an experience um the stuff with tori and um the the virginity stuff let's go there let's talk yeah. about that um okay. this was a really powerful thing that was years in the making of this character doing this 
Do you yeah. remember approaching this and and of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Of course I do. You got it. You got to direct <laughs> this. <laughs> I I yes, I drew the short straw. Yes, I did. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> You and me both, Larry. We, uh, yeah, we had, we had to, we had to. It was a great, it was a great weight of responsibility, really. I felt. I mean, you know, to, to do it right after all that time. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It, I was nervous, and I'm sure, as I'm sure, as I know you were too. It was. It was a lot. I mean, um, I mean, I mean, we were. It, you know, Tori's an actress. She was playing a character named Donna Martin. But at the end of the day, we worked for Aaron Spelling and that was Tori Spelling. And, you know, it was, there was a, there was a lot to unpack in that whole thing. Um, and it was, uh, it was, I thought, you know, I, I thought that, I thought that Larry and Phil, you know, handled it beautifully in the script, but then of course it was my job to actually film it. And there's, you know, and there's, and there's a whole lot of funny stuff. Um, that I that I've talked about you know a bunch of times like you know I had all these ideas of having like you know 80 candles and I wanted to do a whole thing right and then of course you know the, you know they were like oh no you can't have 80 candles we'll have to have a fire marshal there and that well how much is that going to cost well that'll cost 600 bucks I was like so well, no we can't do that you know Jim Weatherall was like oh we're not spending 600 bucks like, guys it's the number one show on the network. No, we don't care. We're not spending six hundred bucks for candles. You know, like these are the, these are the fights that we had, right, Larry? You can. I, I remember. But was, was Paul, well, where did Paul stand on that? I'm curious. I thought it was Paul. Oh, maybe. Paul, Paul, Paul was like, yeah, no, no, we can't have. No, we're not okay, yeah, I was going to say Paul would never go for that. No, of course not. I was like, but guys, like this is a big deal, man. This is a big moment. And they were like, yeah, we're not, we're not spending six hundred bucks yeah. on. We already spent two hundred bucks on lingerie. We're not spending six hundred bucks <laughs> on candles. That's right. Like, literally, the the this was the reality of shooting Beverly Hills Diner Two One Zero. So, I I uh, so I I was I was, I said so how many candles am I allowed? They said you're allowed <laughs> six candles. So so you'll notice that in every shot there's six candles. <laughs> they they move from the foreground to the yeah, background. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't move them around. I was I was like putting in candles every. The six candles I was allowed are in every shot. Um. <laughs> So Which are you having funny. conversations not only with Tori about how to do this, but also with Mr. Spelling about this as well? Did you have a conversation? No, about no. Oh, well, uh, I, I had, well, yes, because before, before, as a director, you go to, you go to the Mr.'s okay. office and you have a meeting beforehand where you, you know, you talk about the script and you talk about the idea, the concept sort of meeting. And then, um, and then you go and shoot the episode. And then you go back and you screen the episode for the mister, right? And so, um, so he he you know gave me a gave me a talking to beforehand, and you know, um, and after everybody left, he you know you know it held me back. And he said, you know, Tracy, I don't have to tell you how important this is to me. You know, like, don't, you know, be, you know, I want you to take care of Tori. You know, okay, all right, Darren, like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. So, um, so I, when I go back with the with my, you know, my three quarter inch or my one inch, you know, copy of the episode of screen form, he, uh, he, we, we want, and it's, you know, it's the final scene of the of yes. the piece, and 
you sit there and, and the, it, it ends and, and the credits roll and he sits there. And, you know, Aaron has a, had a bit of a flair for the dramatic and he just sort of sat there for a couple of beats and he lit his pipe and he took a couple of pulls off his pipe and he sat there and silence in the room. It's just him and me. And he's, and he's milking it for everything. And he goes, that was very tasteful. That's all he said. <laughs> wow. Well, Larry, you've and told that was this, it. You've told the story that you had you approached him about doing this and asked him if you wanted to add a priest in this. Oh in yeah, this no, episode. in the writing of it, you know, after you know, after we thought, you know, so many times we've had so many false starts on this, whether she was gonna lose it. I said, Oh, you know, as we're getting ready to write it, I just wanted to do things right. And you know, Donna Martin being a Catholic, I said to him, I said, Aaron, you think we could maybe do a scene like you know, she goes to confession and, uh, you know, have a priest sitting. He went, he thought about it, like Jason said, he went, nah, just do it. <laughs> Good stuff, man, right? Yeah, we have one more Jason clip. It's, I think I think it's, it's so great. Jason's stuff is so wonderful. Um, hearing, hearing it again is even better. I think we have to play it now, though, Larry, because it leads into the cardigans, unfortunately. Okay. You know All what right I mean? Ahead. So yeah. here's, more, here's more Jason Priestley. Uh, what about actually shooting this? I forgot the, June Lockhart, though, Jason, oh. who plays the grandmother. Did you notice her in the I, thing? She's like 94 today. We tried to get her on the show. She almost came. Yeah. She's still alive. <laughs> She's amazing. Oh. She, she was, was in the, Lassie. She was yeah. In, yeah. She was in, yeah. in yeah. Lost in Space, also. She's famous for oh, that. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she yeah, played she Donna's was, grandmother. Yeah, and she was great. And, and that, you know, that scene of the two of them driving in the car. Yeah. Not in Beverly Hills, on Ventura Boulevard. Right. Um, what about doing the scenes with Brian and Tori? I mean, were was it were they comfortable with each other enough? Because they, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh Good yeah. Way. Those two, yeah. way way comfortable with each other. They're they're like you know they were they were super easy. They're yeah super comfortable. And this is before intimacy, supervisors, and all of this stuff, right? So there is yeah. a delicacy that you have to bring to this. Yeah, yeah. Or was it just yes. different times? It was di it was different times. It, it yeah. was very different times, and and the two of them were, um, the two you know the two the two of them had dated briefly, and stuff. they were aware of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were familiar with how, with which side they like to turn their heads to kiss. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> yeah. It was no no intimacy coordinator necessary. necessary yeah. I noticed Brian's hands did not move much. Tori's hands did. I was, Come on, Brian, move those yeah. hands. I'm going. Becca, is there anything you want to know about this episode? I I don't know. I, I will say everybody keeps bashing Kelly, saying she was so snooty this episode. I thought she was rightfully snooty. Wow. I thought she had a right to be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was, well, she was, tell I don't know, Valerie was like, I'm not moving out. And then there was the whole Brandon at the end was like, if you don't like it, then why don't we just, why don't you not move in? And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> getting a little, wow. Point, like, counterpoint. Well, it was the father yeah. stuff, too. I mean, we brought, you know, the yeah, whole father I mean, thing that hangs over her life. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, what about yeah. him? He's, he's fantastic. He last night there, yeah. he's going to be going to prison. I had totally forgotten the perp walk and everything. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of cool. I mean, uh, yeah. You the know, actor is so good. The, the actor that John played C. Uh, John C. Riley. John Riley. Yeah, you remember, John Riley. Do you remember him, John Jason? Riley. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And he was, and he was great. And I totally forgotten mm -hmm. about that too. Like the <laughs> fact that he he made a deal with the FBI to be able to FBI. party, mm -hmm. and, and then he was sweet. going off to prison for embezzlement. Like it was amazing. 
I totally forgot about all that stuff. Yeah, it was really great. Cool. Yeah, it was white and then, and then I, and, yeah. and then, and then I was like, so, and so the at the end of the episode, we all said, well, all right, well, I guess we're all going home. And then we all went, I guess, at the episode, at the top episode, uh, of season eight, we were all just living in the Walsh house. That's right. And everything was cool. I think so. Yeah, I think you may all go to Hawaii at some point too. We did. We, that's yeah. right. We started the season. At, we started at, uh, season eight in Hawaii. That's right. Yeah. You know, the other um, thing that caught me by surprise was the, and it's interesting, the Valerie Steve moment. All of a sudden, there's a moment where the Brian, the, the kid, mm -hmm. uh, goes in there and sees Valerie and Steve, like, yeah. you know, kind of groveling yeah. together on the floor. And wow, yeah. I went, getting with, I've totally forgotten that. And, and it right. sort of makes sense, you know, it's kind of like, what the fuck? I'm about to kill myself. You're never not going to kill myself. I might as well live. Steve's <laughs> been dumped by Claire. Yeah. You know, men are carnal. They'll pick anything up. And that's a, kind of how we felt. And so, yeah, that was kind of a good surprise. Mm -hmm. I went, oh, shit. Uh, and uh, that moment at the end when she reaches in her dress and pulls out his bow tie, yeah, like, that's super yeah. funny. That was good stuff. Mm -hmm. We also have sure. the cardigans on the uh, in the yeah. episode. I mean, I thought they were great. Jason, what did you think of the cardigans? Yeah, they were good. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, I, you know, in retrospect, you know, Larry was right. We should have had the Spice Girls. But <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. <laughs> we were going there. Because <laughs> the cardigans were like a peach pit after dark act, but the uh, you know Spice yeah. Girls would have made it an event, like a. It would have been yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But I understand the position that we don't need the Spice Girls. I get well. that. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. No, the Spice. I mean, the Spice Girls would have been a spectacle, right? It would have been amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Shit happens, guys. Uh, yeah. Roll, yeah. Roll, roll the dice. Got it wrong. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna interview the cardigans for this episode, so that's pretty exciting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Right on. All right, that's man. Cool. This has been great. How are you? Is okay. everything good with you in your in your world? And you're, you're working and doing some fun stuff. Anything cool that people could be excited about? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm. You know. I'm on my way to Calgary to start directing on a new Netflix series uh, this summer, and you know. It's the usual, the usual. Jerry, Jerry Frizzell, our editor, Jerry Frizzell, wanted me to say hi to you. Okay. Remember Jerry? Oh, cool. And yeah, he said, of course I remember he said you Jerry. called him large or something? It was a kind of... Yeah. <laughs> he said, <laughs> mention his... my name, let's say large. Okay. Yeah, that, that was his nickname. That's what everybody called him. That's amazing. All right, oh, Jason. Please, please send him my best, Larry, will you? I will. He'll be very happy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man, thanks so much for your time, bro. Much it was nice meeting you. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. Nice to meet you too. Thanks so much, yeah, guys. My, mo my mom will be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tell, I'm gonna text her, she's gonna be so jealous. Brandon, Brandon was her favorite. We still argue. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Remember I love best. that. All right, I have a good that. one, man. Thank you so much for everything. All right, we'll talk bye. soon, guys. Bye bye. 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 I mean, that was so much fun uh, to talk to Jason, wasn't Becca it? It was great. She got her mother in there, too. You know, she gave yeah, a shout she, out to her mother. She did. That was, I mean, one of my favorite things here on this podcast has been introducing the super fans to, to like Jason or Brian and all that stuff. It's, it's such a blast. And Becca seemed to have some, a lot of fun with that. Um, I wanted to say, Larry, uh, before we move forward to the next thing, um, earlier today, uh, the person that does the Tiffany fan page, shared a clip on her social media that there's an extra scene that we haven't that we didn't cover uh where tiffany i'm, I'm just going to show it to you hey val hey i'm glad you're here i was uh just a little worried about you i didn't think you cared well you make it hard sometimes 
So David okay. and David and Valerie have a moment. We didn't see this. I yeah, mean, this so, was so after the graduation ceremony before the party, probably back at the Walsh house. It looked like. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, because look, they shared that, you know, time on that bluff together thinking about suicide. So it, was, it made sense to have that scene. I didn't I totally had forgotten about it. It's like a lost scene because it was not in the soap that, uh, right. that we have uh, the copies of. So maybe that was it. Maybe it's in the uh, DVD set. Maybe it has to be somewhere. Yeah. Did you say that Tiffany's fan page did that? Yeah, this girl Renee. Yeah, she's really sweet. I don't know if she wants oh. me to say her name. So, oops, sorry. But Tiffany's fan page. Yeah, she's she, she posted well, that earlier. She, she's lets uh, Tiffany know how how much we admire her work. I mean, she has done that. She has done that via so, social media posts. I do think Tiffany fan page needs to push it one more step and just say yeah. tiffany do this like it's gotta it's gotta happen like that yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. very aggressive approach it's but um hey man i want to ask you before I, I go cut to this interview with the cardigans redemption <laughs> <laughs> was that a little bit of redemption you in know. the fact that he says he got it wrong we should have done the spice girls maybe move the cardigans to uh, uh an after dark yeah look <laughs> the story of my life um yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, yeah, I felt sure. Yes, I was good, and I really, uh, you know, I, I admired Jason's work in this thing, and it was fun working with him. But at the time, in the in the heat of the moment, everything was changing. There was a lot of flux going on, and an insecurity about what the show was going to be like and who was going to come. And I don't think at the time Jason really knew who I was. I think he just kind of lumped me in with the other ones because again, we didn't have Paul there so strong anymore. Uh, on the other side, Paul Wagner, who dealt with the actors, so. And I'm not the kind to go out to the set and stuff. I was working on the stories. And we really don't probably, know. In retrospect, I should have gone out there that seventh season and really, you know, schmoozed up with the actors. And it's just, just not my style. You know, I had always been taught, don't go to the set. Don't talk to the actors. When you do that, something bad's going to happen. But in fairness, Larry, you did do a lot of things for the actors. You did some hockey stuff. You did. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. No, you, I did you were always that. already as far as going out and like you know having yeah. coffee or talking to them or whatever. You know, I, I I didn't go out of my way. I just I never in my whole career I never did. Right. All right. I'm going to play this interview with the the Cardigans. It's also a very long interview. We get just some stuff about the '90s. We get into this thing. So um, how, how long, Pete? Nine minute clip, an eight minute clip, and a four minute clip. So I don't know what oh that is. Twenty two minute interview, oh, okay. and then we've got then we've got your brother. We've got Ruth. That's just ten minutes. So I mean, this is going to be a super sized show. This is where this show. is that's this good. is where we are this week. You know, we history, take, a good oral history of the show. You Very could nice. take next week totally off. So just, <laughs> just <laughs> all right. Here is uh, me and the Cardigans. Hello. Hi. This is exciting. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Where are you? I'm in California, in Pasadena. All right. So let me think. Right. So wait. What time is it there? It's it's is it eight, really late. Eight fifteen in the morning. Yeah. It's, it's really early. That's it's it. really right? early. Yeah. I was thinking the other way. Then it would be really late for you. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Either way is good. I'm I'm happy to chat with you at any time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, I want to ask you about this. Um, I'm here with uh, Nina Person, who is the lead singer, or was the lead singer of the Cardigans, and um, amongst other things, and just one of my favorite bands. First, I want to ask you, is it exciting that the 90s are sort of like back in full force now? I mean, everybody's talking about the 90s. You can see it all over. It's like the 90s are the new 60s, is what I've been, <laughs> is what I've been oh, yeah. saying. 
<laughs> it's less less uh, tasteful, way less tasteful in my mind. Who was yeah, there? <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> what do you think of that? Coming, I think. I mean, I think it's really fun. It's uh, at, we're still um, playing together, the cardigans, and for us, we've gone through a lot of sort of you know temperatures in uh, in in uh, in you know how how pop, how people have viewed us so forth. So it's fun to be right now. It's a heyday sort of young people are discovering our old music and um, so of, of course that's really fun and but it's also fun just watching it sort of unfold it's I, I just um, now watch those episodes mm-hmm. it's just really fun to see the styles um, and hear the tone and everything and really notice how, how it's so current at the moment um, in the way people look and how it's but it's funny yeah it's um, it's nice to see I'm a 90s well I guess I'm a 90s kid I was born in 76 I'm 46 so it's cool to see my Eric finally getting its due because the music was really awesome and the cardigans were a big part of of the culture and pop culture and then here is this moment where Beverly Hills 90210 is also sort of in in pop culture it's ingrained in everybody's lives and um you guys get this opportunity to come on to the show and play uh (laughs) your hit song Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're playing to a click track, probably for for some of it. I, I think it was mine. We're it's playback. Yeah, exactly. Full yeah, playback is what I uh, remember it as. Yeah. How did you get this opportunity? Do you know? Do you remember? I don't exactly remember how it was in in our perception at the time. It was you know we got the question through our manager, mm-hmm. who by the way watching the show, I was I, I don't remember that they call. Because there's a part where somebody talks about they talk to the cardigans manager and they call him Punchball. Is that what they call him? I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. I I had I didn't remember that. I, I hope he <laughs> I hope he hears that and sees us. That's so funny. Is that was that his was that a reference to the manager? No, oh. it's something it's they must something have made up. come up with in the show in the script. Yeah, oh, I see. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got the question through management or like from the American Record Company or something like that. Um, so it was quite, you know, it's quite technical in that way. And we say yes, and then it goes back. Um, I think we were a little bit. We were on tour, so we. I think we felt like we were quite busy, so there had to be a little bit of shoehorning to make happen. We were sort of like, oh, it's too much. <laughs> but it was so important. All the business end of things, they understood that this was a really important opportunity. So they they made sure we could do it. Were you aware of that show? Did you know what that was, Beverly Hills 90210? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think at the time, though, this is almost embarrassing for me to, to, to say now, but I was, at the time, I, I was a little too cool for school. So I thought that it was like a lame show. Fair enough. I mean, that people so I was have said a little that. bit yeah. like, I was a little bit like, oh no, you know, like, ah, oh, do we have to do it? You know, I had a bit of like indie shame. Yeah. As you I love call that it. though. So, yeah. 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 But, and I was, I, 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 and watching it now, I can also remember how awkward I felt and how cringy I thought it was and how we all look super awkward. But now I think it's the coolest ever, especially now since the 90s are hot again, whatever. But sure. I, for the longest time, I'm so happy with it because I realized that it made an impact and it was a really sort of, uh, and I did watch it. You know, I just wouldn't admit it. That's the thing. <laughs> but it did mean a lot to me too. Do you do you remember filming it? Do you remember what, what it was like to come to the set and meet all those actors and be a part? I mean, it's a huge episode. It's the ending of the season. 
So you guys are going to, you know, everybody's going to be watching this episode. All the fans come back sort of for this, for the season finales, you know, and you guys are the centerpiece of the show at the, uh, the big, the big bash on the, wherever, wherever that was. Um, yeah. And what is your memory of sort of filming it? Well, that was really super large to us. Of course, we were on set, so we were not at the theater where I think some things are filmed. Mm-hmm. With Jason Priestley was directing the episode, so that was really, I mean, huge for us, of course, that we were directly interacting with him like that. But then I remember that there was Donna was the Donna actor, actress. Tori Spelling, yeah. Tori Spelling mm-hmm. was there. And maybe a couple of more, but I I know that all of them weren't there because I guess that's because they weren't on the same cameras, sure, camera mm-hmm. angles, whatever that we were. So a lot of the stuff that goes on at the party, we would, didn't see any of that sort of. They just shot our performance and whatever would have been in the same shots or something like that. But it was amazing, of course, just to be on like the lot, whatever, like in Hollywood. That was very big for us from small town Sweden. So, and then uh, uh, meeting Jason and being directed. I also remember we did get a script because we had some lines. Yes, you do. We did get yeah. the script in advance, and it was so stressful to have to learn the lines just because it was so difficult. And you know that was outside our comfort zone. For sure, I mean, especially in that time period, being so indie, like you said too, to now not to be a part of the process like all the way to the extreme right like yeah. we're gonna fake play on my <laughs> right and also you need to know these lines <laughs> right yeah totally yes absolutely yeah that was really that, that was hard for us as such sort of self-aware youngsters and they and they make sure that they put a line in there that um the cardigans don't normally play birthday parties is that yeah right? and, and i was like i bet we sort of asked them to put that in or something embarrassingly enough at this point yeah I don't know I don't know that it is like that but I wouldn't have been surprised because if somebody from like a super fan of 902 is watching the show they might think to themselves maybe we could get the cardigans to play at my birthday party yes (laughs) yeah exactly right (laughs) I know my husband just said that he remembers that there was a lot like not maybe not a lot but a couple of bands that did similar performances that they tended to have bands coming on the show like Chibo Mato and stuff and yeah, that, no, it was a big thing in the in this part part of the part of the ser- series where they had this club, the After Dark, and like Christina Aguilera even played there, and they mm-hmm. they there was a lot of huge success. And it, the Rolling Stones did an episode of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Wow, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they did it through via their concert, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I mean, they there was there was always this kind of music happening on um, on on Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and I do think it's interesting because um, yours is the season normally they would put them at the after dark club right but yours is in this big party huge roaring 20s party themed thing with all the cast and like it's huge it's a they really gave you a centerpiece of the show um do you think that the song your song was super popular already at that time but did 90210 help at all with the promotion of it in any way do you think oh yes i think so i mean i think it it was it was a hit already i think it already had been on romeo and juliet which really Mm -hmm. carried that song forward a a ton so but but yes to the other question too for sure this one this helped a lot because it because 90210 was like global you know yeah and beyond the western world it was like crazy so absolutely but i forgot that we did two songs watching it now i was like oh yeah because i i I think i I seem to remember also actually that when when we shot this that second song we do called bennett had just been 
you know, we were just working that as the second single. So I think uh, we probably we might have asked to, you know, to shoehorn that into there. But that was the, that was, the, I think we, on the same trip, we shot the video for that song. So I remember that that was, that's the step we were in. It's the Cardigans, Larry. This is the, this is, this is incredible. This is the Cardigans is on the Beverly Hills 90210 show this week. I mean, uh, what a, what a great throwback, huh? Is she was live from Sweden? She was live from Sweden. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Well, God bless her. Yeah, it was great. She was we have two, two more clips. Two, two oh, more okay. clips. Yeah. Here, here, here's some more of the cardigans. So, you did you watch it when it came out? You said yes. You did watch the episode. And yeah. is it? I'm curious of your mindset back then. I'm sure today it's very cool. You can see it on. I don't even know if you, where you can see it now, but um, it's probably on Hulu and all those places. But it, back in the day when you watched it and you see the actors sort of like. I don't know, having these dramatic scenes over <laughs> your song. What was your thoughts about watching the episode back in the time thought, when it aired? Well, yeah, I, I remember because it would always air later in Sweden than in the US. So, but I remember we were on we were on, on a never-ending tour and I was spending the night at a really gross motel with like toenails in like stuck in the rug, that sort of sort of place, and feeling really lonely. And really blue and I was watching TV and that's when this episode came on for the first time so to me when I watched it that has nothing to do with the fact that I felt it was cringy because secretly I did I think I did think it was really cool right but I was that's I remember amazing. I was lying in this really gross motel room somewhere on the road in the U.S. in filth and watching that show and being like life is so weird right now because we had this bit really huge success we were on this fucking show <laughs> and I was feeling so low you know I was like this is so strange kind of so that was that was my experience of the moment when I watched it but then I think I've seen it I, I saw it around the time when it aired in Sweden because then my friends were like then everybody here were really excited about it it's interesting that you say that you were in a moment there you know where you were feeling blue or whatever um but isn't it one of those little moments sort of in life where you're like but this thing happened and it was really cool. You know what I mean? Like when you're feeling blue and you see this thing come on, is that, is that kind of what it was like for you? Yeah, I think, I think so. Uh, absolutely. And also this weird, how, how the extremes of life sort of like this, this job is the most whack <laughs> sort of, but really feeling like, and also I think that that's the reason why I remember the, that moment when I watched the show the first time so well, because it was in such a, you know, if I'd been sitting together with my friends, whatever, premiering it, uh, you know, having drinks, then that probably wouldn't have stuck with me in the same way. It really, you know, it's, it stayed with me as, you know, it's, it's an example that I sometimes tell people when people sort of ask me to, you know, what it was like back then, kind of. I mean, I was just going to ask you, what was it like back then? You know what I mean? The 90s. I mean, we're all talking about that now. Um, what was that like for you to be thrown into... To, and then, you know, it's I always find it interesting for people that get in the 90s, they got thrusted into pop culture in a way that is just, you know, everybody knows who you are. You go from this place of like trying to figure it out, whatever, and now everybody knows who you are. And in the 90s, such a huge way to the point where you're on one of the most popular television shows playing your song at the 20s party. What is that like? Uh, what was that like the 90s? Um, I, uh, well, I mean, I can only talk about what it was like for me then. And, and that's the only time I've had that happen to me, but it was a time when the whole business, and I think that goes both for music business and, and entertainment business, there was suddenly so much money in it. And there was suddenly so much, you know, there was MTV and there was shows like 90210 pop culture was like, 
exploding and being really global in a way also you know that 90210 for example it was huge in america it was also huge at the same time pretty much all over the world kind of and mtv uh, how how that spread things also simultaneously and quickly i mean now we have the internet obviously which makes sure. it you know exponentially uh, more intense but it was something then um and also this thing that there was a lot of budgets and everything that's something i that I think is very different now. Now it's much more sane in some ways and a little bit more DIY. People are also better at shit, I think, than back then because then then we had, you know, budgets from uh, big record labels to catapult you forward if they decided to let that happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was also a time when I have, it was also very sort of, it's a time that I don't, I mean, I, I can really... I can really feel nostalgic about the 90s and I love music from the 90s and so forth. But I also think it was a time that was difficult because it was very sort of, it was very narrow-minded in a way. It was very exclusive. It was kind of maybe not sexist, but it was very male-dominated in the music business at least. And, you know, it, it was, I remember feeling really sort of like I didn't have any peers that were, ladies and it was sort of like I hung with the guys and that was harsh too because there was a tone there that was sure. comfortable and warm there was mm-hmm. something about humor also I remember it was quite ironic and quite quite harsh you know uh, in a lot of ways yeah so it I mean was, it was, I think that's you know it was it was a little little lonely I've had warmer eras later on in my career I gotta say um, I bet, yeah. I mean, now it's an interesting time period because everybody's revisiting the shows. Um, I'm curious if anybody brings this up in your world, this episode of 90210. Like, you guys did 90210. Where, where did you have friends or in your circle that were super, ex- or or family members that were super excited by it? Yeah, and people around me, you know. And I don't know about, I mean, in, in a lot of ways still, I have a kid now who's 11, and he now has friends who, for example, I mean, the song Love Fool, for example, really is making uh, making it on, on TikTok, for example. So it keeps reawakening. That song keeps reawakening to different generations constantly. And now it's his generations and, and younger ones. Uh, but this show, I think it's still, it's more people closer to my generation. Like yes. the little kids still haven't. It, it's just, I mean, I don't know if people rewatch it like you rewatch Friends, for example, but maybe people do. I'm not sure. I, they they do, and I think what's interesting about it is is that it's because it's a teenage show. They grew up with the characters, so there is sort of like this connection of like we all went to school together, even though we didn't. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's still uh, very much watched. The song though, the uh, Love Fool song. Tell me a little bit about how that song even came to be. And uh, what the process of like having a song like that become so popular? It's it's a great song. I'm a huge fan. So, no, yeah. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy with it too. And and of course, it's made a, a big difference for us in many ways. That was a song that we wrote it. We wrote it at a time when we simply decided to make another record. And parts of us really wanted to go in a different direction, maybe more in the direction where that other song Bennett is. Like we 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 felt like we were being sort of tagged as being really cute all the time so we mm-hmm. wanted to become more like in some you know flirt with rock and roll whatever <clears throat> but then we wrote that song and it was written initially as a really sort of mellow bossa nova sort of you know it has that you can I mean 
Yes. And that's how it was. It, it works as a bossa nova. And that's how it started out. And then, and then I think it was to us a striking move by our producer to suggest we try a disco beat. Um, and then it became the kind of song that it is now. Um, um, so and and we it came out on our on that record called First Man on the Moon and it was the first single that was released in Europe and I think maybe in the US too and it did really well but it didn't do amazingly um, you know it it we sure. went on tour with it and and it did it did really well but not like bananas but then it was that um, then they wanted it for that movie Romeo and Juliet and then it was just bonkers it was and then it was bonk yeah it, then it's i think it got like re-released they mm -hmm. the americans wanted to shoot a new video that was more colorful and more um you know expensive yes. and sparkling <laughs> somehow uh so then it got bonkers um after that especially in the u.s that's when so then then we toured in the u.s forever after that were, were you surprised that that song in particular went went bonkers was so, was so crazy was that like wow i can't believe that one is where it is now because of this movie and now we're all talking about it all these years later is it surprising that that song in particular was was the one i'm, I'm not I'm sure you wrote so many songs you know what i mean yeah yeah but i'm not surprised that out of all song that's the one because that it is a banana song in the way that it's so sure. accessible and so simple and so yeah. i mean catchy and so I'm not, uh, and I'm I'm more surprised that we wrote that song, you know. Right, that's yeah. yeah that's that it's our song. <laughs> right. still, still shocked, still shocked, uh, shocked and happy every time I get a BMI check, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's. Um, I had another sim another moment like that. You did you watch that show, Pam and Tommy? Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's a scene where Pam in the TV show is sitting singing along to the song in her trailer i was gonna ask and you it, about this it's coming back up again the song right yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. if somebody had told me then that 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 was gonna happen in the future that the somebody uh playing pam anderson would sit and uh, sing along to it in a trailer i would have freaked out as well so so no 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 i'm um i'm not surprised that, that song uh, made it really big um but it's also but then again it did have several lives uh since the release of that big movie Mm -hmm. um, got that extra commercial boost, of course, and and nine hundred two one zero. I'm gonna That's say nine hundred two one zero, and now and now all these years later with Pam, and then you got to wonder the accuracy of the show. Did Pam sing that in? I know. <laughs> I want to know if that was a real based on a real. It, it has to be because it's so specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Oh, yeah. that's very cool. Anyway, mm -hmm. thank you for your time here. I want to just la lastly ask you um, a couple things. Uh, looking back on this now, I mean, the indie person in you was cringing, but are you super happy that you were on 90210? Yeah, I am super happy. And it was really fun to watch it now because now it's a lot of years since I, I mean, I think I watched it twice. It's a long time since last time. It was really fun to see. I watched part one and two now also of the two graduation episodes. Nice. Yeah. Was, I don't think I got the context before, you know? Yes. There so now nice you've got the full, the full, the full idea of what was happening there. There was some and mental the health drama, and, like the mental health debut, stuff. suicide. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. Maybe, maybe it was everything that indie you probably really did love, and you just didn't <laughs> weren't aware of it. You know, if I'd only know that there would be sex debuts and suicide surrounding it, I would have felt better about it. I, I'm sure. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> right. um, yeah. I want to ask you lastly where people can find you guys now. What is going on? Tell people what's up, and if you got anything coming up or. 
uh, tour wise, record wise, I want to, you know, ask you about all that. Yeah, we, we haven't made any new material in a long time, but we play, we tour, we, we don't really go on long tours, but we play shows. Mm -hmm. We right now we're currently rehearsing to do some shows in June and August um, in Scandinavia and Europe. Um, and that's what's happening. We're trying to, we have a lot of like anniversaries, you know, we turned 30 this year, soon in October, and we have records that are turning 25. I think Love, I don't know. I, I, not Loveful is like 25, you know, so yeah. we're trying to figure out if we're going to make some more intense moves uh, sometime soon. Come to America. Like, let's do it. Let's do an American tour. And that would be so amazing. That Like that would be one thing, for example, that we would love to do. Yeah. So we, we all have day jobs also, but we do play shows and then we rehearse and then we have a great time. And um, yeah. yeah, so so no nothing new, though, unfortunately, I'm embarrassed to say. That's OK. That's no no biggie. Um, but who knows? Maybe this 90210 thing will bring you to America somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. This has been really fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. That was great. Nina. Yeah, I wound up watching. I wasn't going to watch, but yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah. She, oh, she's yeah. stunning too. She's just absolutely beautiful. I mean, essentially like, they have day jobs. I, I wonder what they are. I, 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 you know, I didn't follow through with that question, but I should have totally. Oh, All right, oh. Larry, we've got to get to many more things. There's a lot yeah, of things. Rocket, please. Um, oh. uh, I do want to say one thing. Um, 90 news is coming back, Larry. With Sarah here, Sarah Heeren, Us oh, Weekly, and, and I are going to be, yeah, she's amazing and lovely, and we're going to cover uh, what's going on in the, today with 90s people, but we're also going to cover old 90s stories, too, so we're still figuring it out, we're getting there, but it is coming, it is definitely coming back, and I'm I'm really stoked about that, and Sarah's awesome. Which one do you want, I think we should go to Fred, I think we should go to your, your, your brother next, because he really offers, he scored the episode, and he, he did the Donna stuff. And we even watch uh, a little bit of the scene there. So I I'd like to go to that one, too. Is it always, you haven't yeah, seen me, your brother in a minute. Say, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, my brother is, you know, kind of a, a legendary Nashville producer now. Uh, but the, in the 80s and the early 90s, he was a film composer. He wound up, so I, you know, I got him started on a show I was running called uh, The New Gidget. And uh, he worked a nice career. And then I had to, you know, I wanted to bring him in because he's so talented into 90210. I think I might have snuck him in on season six a couple of episodes. And then season seven, he did a lot. And he did the, you know, he did the last, uh, you know, the, the money episodes. Yeah. And, uh, he brought a little bit of different, uh, kind of like an outsider's uh, touch to composing because he wasn't a Hollywood guy. He was doing all that work in Toronto. And the thing is, is he, what's great about this interview, and you're going to, everyone's going to watch it now, but he does dive into, the pressure that we were talking about that with Jason, the pressure of doing this process. episode sure. and, and, and of, of, of doing, doing the scene with Tori and um, you know, be, her being, you know, Miss, Mr. Spelling's daughter. And so he gets yeah. into some of that too. I'm going to dive into that now. Right. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Pretty boy. <laughs> hey, hey. Hello. Yeah, we just were in your neighborhood yesterday with uh, Davidson Priestley. Oh, nice. Hey, I, I have a feeling you must like see him on your. Really bad lighting, Larry. You gotta, you gotta get some better lighting. No, I don't need to be seen on this. That's all right. I, I'm later <laughs> on when I win the live show, I'll be seen. But this is about you. This is about you. This is about you, Fred. All right. Okay. Uh, and the, and the scoring of this crucial scene. Yeah. yeah. He actually has the scene. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna show it in a second here. Um, okay. okay. How how are you doing, man? It's good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. All good in the Tennessee area. 
In Music City, yep, yep. Although it's, uh, you just missed an absolute monster storm of rain, but it's starting to abate. So, uh, uh, but it's very dark out. You can see behind me. It's, you know. Yeah. Uh, Alexa, stop. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about this. I mean, scoring a show like 90210, what, did, what was your process in doing some, some of this? You had been doing it all season, I think, right? So you, you were... You were in the world, you knew what was going on, and you probably, Larry probably told you what was important, and I'm sure you were having those kinds of conversations, yeah. I think probably at this point, you probably knew that I wasn't coming back also, too. <laughs> Do you think, Fred? Because you uh, would have been the... No, I'm not so sure. Not so okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, to answer your question, um, you know, um, of course, you know, when you start out working on a series that already has been scored um and you're coming in at a later season you know you listen and you see what they've done before and you know a lot of what i did on 90210 was you know just little sort of segue music and just a little dramatic undercurrent or sometimes a little light undercurrent um you know using uh, uh you know myself and then i would bring in uh an electric guitar with stan meisner and a saxophone with a guy named Vern dorge and uh and I would play acoustic uh, nylon. So, I mean, there was sort of a, a, a combination of nice sort of, you know, uh, sampled sounds and real sounds. But, you know, mostly the key was there wasn't a great deal of action. And actually, I had come, you know, from since 1987, when I scored Friday the 13th, the series and movies, etc. cetera. Um, you know, I, I did have done tons and tons of projects and series with tons of action. So I really enjoyed the challenge of not having to do that and to do something that was just sort of light emotional and then occasionally, you know, dark emotional and, you know, with the occasional bit of action. And then, you know, you take something like graduation day, which to be honest, you know, I'm gonna be really, I hate to be, you know, saying this, but you know, I've done so much over the years. I, I actually stopped scoring in 2001, but from 87 till 2001, it's a blur to me because I did so many TV series and so many movies, etc. cetera. So um, it's interesting though, because graduation day, especially the scene with Tori at the end when she, you know, loses her virginity. I remember that like it was yesterday, you know, like that was, I remember Larry telling me that uh, Mr. Spelling was very concerned that the score needed to be, you know, very carefully done so that it had no seediness to it. It was, it was loving and, uh, you know, and, and sort of, you know, romantic. And so I tried my best knowing there was pressure on that particular scene. That's why I think it was really, um, I think that's why I was so why it's so memorable to me, uh, the writing of it and the scene itself, because I remember probably putting a lot of effort into how do I musically, you know, portray this. And I had to just go in a very romantic manner. Larry, I'm curious about that note because Jason also made a note about going to Mr. Spelling about this scene. And Jason said earlier that you know, we know that Tori Spelling's an actress and she's playing Donna Martin, but Tori Spelling is also Aaron Spelling's daughter. 
So I'm curious, where are you getting no, more notes about well, things? Well, of course. I mean, it, also in the writing of it. I mean, just, you know, the whole writing of the scene, you felt the the weight of all the, the, the six years, but that had come the seven years that had come before that, that it was going to be done right. And uh, Phil Sabbath and I, who, who wrote it, uh, you know, we kind of acted out that scene ourselves probably a thousand times. <laughs> you and I think, Phil I Sabbath. Think, I think he played the female. <laughs> I played, I played, <laughs> I'm sure we did. You're and, saying uh, you, you and know, Phil Sabbath, you were Brian and yeah. Phil Sabbath was taking play Tori, playing, sure. playing we, Tori we, we, running we, we, we lines. Read it out and make sure it right. sounded that it didn't sound corny. That it could that it could they were lines that could <laughs> stand and would it would convey the, you know what we wanted. No, there, there, I mean, there, there really was, you know, Larry really he made it very clear to me. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, this part is so memorable because Larry made it clear to me. You know, I'm in I'm in Toronto and Larry's in L.A. and you know I would do the, the scores in Toronto and then I would come to L.A. and uh, and spot the next shows. Um, but I was in Toronto. I remember Larry saying to me, you know, Mr. Spelling, you know, is looking at this the way he would if his daughter was being filmed at her in her first uh, <laughs> losing her virginity, you know. So, you know, I, 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 I mean, I, it's how he saw it. And that's really what put the pressure uh, on everyone. I'm, I'm sure Larry had that pressure. I had the pressure. The director had the pressure. Um, the actors had the pressure. And so, but, but I wasn't, I wasn't without the pressure. So I knew that I had to write something that was, as I said, just a, just a romantic and, uh, um, and, and, you know, I watched it just, you know, you sent me the link. I, I remembered it very well. Um, it's mixed a little bit too low for my taste, but, you know, I think it does just add a nice little sort of pillow to the, uh, you know, the whole thing. And it, and it doesn't feel, it feels sincere, which is nice. I think that they were afraid to mix it louder for the same reason, Fred. They were afraid of going over. Maybe even, right. uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't sit with him for the final, you know, when he finally right. looked at the final thing. Right. But uh, I think everyone was a little bit on eggshells, but it comes out really well. Jason had a good laugh about all the candles and stuff, which was great. <laughs> and because uh, it's kind of silly. Yeah. And Tori actually has been on the record saying that she was afraid that uh, she was going to catch fire in the scene. <laughs> last year. Or even last week, I might not have been. And I think this is the way it's supposed to be. Why now? I mean, I made you change your mind. Well, one part of my life ended the day when we graduated. And now I want to spend the next part with you. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. He's loud enough. Uh oh. Here we go. Not sleazy. Condom, nice.
That's fantastic. You know, um, in, in, in watching it, um, there's the next clip. Uh, Larry, before we go and play, I played the last part of that clip uh, with your brother, I want to ask you, the dialogue in that scene, um, they made sure that they said, I love you to each other. Did you pick up on that? That, that Was that important that they had yeah. to say? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was it was an earned moment. You know, we felt, yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely. You know? I mean, he, you know, the whole thing of he, he and I just want to get clear that he waited thing because he did wait. He did wait for it. Didn't mean that he wasn't going to have sex, but he waited for her to come back until she was ready to have a real full relationship with, with intimacy. And uh, so I really thought the, the he the waited thing really was went well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful scene. All right. Let's pick up the rest of what Fred thought. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I take it back because they're whispering a lot. So they yeah. Really- Really couldn't have been any louder. No, it couldn't have been. But you know, I, I have to tell you, the one thing I feel really good about, and, and I for some reason I need it today. Um, but uh, I just really feel like uh that was some of my best work in that in the whole series. And I also think amazingly, it sounds exactly like score um uh, in 2022 on lifetime movies or this kind of stuff. So I really feel proud of myself that I actually did sort of a timeless score there. Also, yeah, if it's fantastic, but also what I love is, you know, the theme song and through the years, the guitar that the the electric guitar has been sort of thematic with the show. Mm -hmm. And you used the solo guitar in a way that felt uh, thematically with the, the television show, but in a really nice, subtle way that doesn't overpower the, uh, overpower the scene so it was a good use of the guitar player as well i thought you, you know uh, I, um i have to say I, I i wish i could remember if i did that purposely to tie into the opening of the, the sound show. of the guitar yeah you know i don't think i did i just think it just felt like you know that was right for the score but um i had listen i i always i tell you that you know as as you know hard I, as i worked and as talented i might be you know uh, the addition of using other talented people is so beautiful. And and the guitar player that you used was who you said? He was my songwriting partner for years out of Toronto, Stan Meisner. And uh, he and I would write a lot of source views together for different shows I was doing. I produced two albums of his on A&M. But he was also a really solid lead guitar player. And I would just bring him in. And I brought in Vern Dorge, who was a wonderful Toronto sax player. And he, nice, sweet sound, you know, yeah. I guess just, you know, what's nice, like I said, it, it just, it has, believe it or not, sort of a contemporary feel. So I'm actually really happy to hear it again. Yeah, it was really nice. Larry, do you have anything for your brother on this? No, I was thrilled to say it and thrilled to see my brother. I haven't seen him in a while. We're going to see each other pretty soon. He's going to be coming out to Martha's Vineyard. No um, cool. And with the whole uh, mishpuk, and uh, it's always fun. Um, but yeah, no... Uh, Look, it's it was a great way to end that that episode. We've been waiting for that, you know, that consummation between these characters, and uh, it really stands the test of time. It's an iconic moment in television, really. Very cool. All right, Fred, thank you so much for joining us again. I'm sure we'll have you back to talk about something else from this season too. So, thank you so much, man. Much appreciated. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thanks. Thank you, man. Um, and then we waited for for your brother to leave the Zoom chat so that we can proceed. Um, but uh, really beautiful stuff here, I thought, um, scoring wise. Um, yeah. What did you What did you think, man? No, it's really well. I, you know, again, it, it's a, it's just a terrific scene. It, it really it really worked, and they, the kids really played it really well. 
you know, Tori, you know, as Donna, you know, just really hit the right note on the thing. And we had to show the condom. That was part of the, you know, we, we were 90s was at AIDS time. Still, still was a little bit post AIDS, but, you know, we were, it was everything was really concerned with condoms. So that was, you know, it always seems a little clunky, but at least he knew at that point that it was going to happen, you know. Yeah, and that was kind of it. Does work in that sense. I remember not liking it, but actually, I didn't mind it. This one, because it's kind of a clear signal. It's going to work out, baby. <laughs> um, there's also the scene where Claire and Donna go lingerie shopping, and they pick the white. Claire says Steve likes black. Uh, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm curious, although uh, th- th- it was white, and I thought everything that that Tori did in this scene was really beautiful. And I think the two of them, the fact that they had a relationship, Jason alluded to, I think it really helped to make this a very sweet moment and probably one of the most tender moments in the series. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was big. It's you know, it's a big memorable moment, and I'm just glad to be part of it. It was a privilege, and I always felt like. Um, you know, like the the architect of the pyramids, where you finally the pyramids are done, and you and you go inside, then you're locked. You're basically then stoned inside because you have to be killed because it's over now. Right. <laughs> you had already you had you had done the unthinkable. You had had the boss's daughter get screwed on television. <laughs> um, but it, so I had to be killed. But it was <laughs> yes, yeah. And the Spice Girls brought you into the the chamber. Died, the, the on, chamber. That hill. died yeah. on that hill. All right, let's move on here. We're going to go to Ruth uh, Olivier, oh, who was yeah. Joy, and uh, we'll we'll take a look at that. And this is one clip, ten minutes. So if you got to get up and do anything, uh, not you watching along, Larry. I mean, if you need to, good stuff. It. Everyone's it's everyone. really good. Oh, there, there she is. Oh, there it was. I mean, she's got it all together, right? Hello. Here Ruth. is our friend Ruth. Um, Joy, how are you? It's good to um, see you. It's good to see you. How are you doing? It's been a while. It's been a little bit of time. You you were in something really cool, right? I saw I saw on IMDb and your Instagram. I've been following you a little little Instagram stock. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell me about the thing that you just did. A little something um, called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I saw you in the on the red carpet and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, nice. It would look like a blast. It was, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a blast. And it was a blast that I got to take my nephew as my date. And he was like over the moon. So that was, that was really special. How are you both doing? I mean. Oh, I'm doing really well. I'm on the East coast. Um, just uh, getting ready for summer and Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to a reggae fest. Wow. Nice. Yeah, with the Ital should be fun. A couple of local bands I like too. So yeah, it's just partying, you know. Keep it yeah, it should be a fun weekend. I've been great. I'm in Pasadena area. So, okay. uh, and, you know, got some stuff going on. And of course, we're here so to talk about this going. thing. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go back in time. Graduation day. This is the one of the bigger episodes that you were a part of. Um, mm-hmm. This is the Roaring Twenties. And yeah. and you're, you're in both the, the two episodes, the last two episodes of the season. Do you have memories of doing some of this? And I'll ask you about some specific things in a second. Yeah, I mean, I do. Especially the party, I think, that really just, like, stuck out for me. Just the costumes were amazing and everybody was there. So that was fun. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you got to hang out with Randy Spelling as your as who, someone interested in dating you. 
as my potential beau. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Hooked, I hooked you up. You totally did. Where did you go, Larry? I hooked you up with the boss's son. I mean, come on, I teed right up there. I don't know. What was Randy? What was Randy like? Oh, he was a sweetheart. And I think, I think he seemed to me a little shy, like just very gentle Mm -hmm. and sweet. Yeah um did and the other i i don't remember why do i not remember the other kid's name his name is ryan the actor's name is austin something right oh i think the actor's name is austin i mean the character's character's name is ryan Ryan. right the actor's name is austin yes the randy spelling's brother or whatever that on the show do you remember him at all austin or ryan oh my gosh that name sounds familiar but i can't you can't place him. He kind of has this like Jim Carrey quality to him, right? Is oh, that... yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Very uh-huh. goofy, very goofy. See or hang out with the cardigans at all? Oh, yeah. I was there when they, they played. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that was a treat. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That song was a big deal for a while. Larry fought, Larry fought for another band, just so that you're aware. He did not want the cardigans. What? Could it I, had, I, I, I had the Spice Girls. Oh, a little band. Small band. <laughs> <laughs> the actor that played your father in this, um, John Riley. Do you re- do you have any? He you you have a lot with him in in the time that you're there, and particularly here, he's talking about you and you know that you've come on board with him and all this stuff. Do you remember working with John? I do remember working with John. And again, he was just so kind and sweet and easy, just a pleasure. Yeah, That's John cool. was very kind. I mean, he was an old pro at that point. I mean, he had, you know, probably had like 40 years in the business as a leading man. I really, I totally a stock company leading man, you know, tall, good jaw, handsome enough, good handsome enough man. Yeah, you know, he just, you know, he, he was, he survived all through those years. I mean, I think he was in a Night Rider. I did also I have to go back and look. I'm pretty certain. Really? Yeah. Um, and you got to work with Jenny a bunch. And I remember that you said it was a favorable experience um, mm-hmm. the last time you were with us. Um, now she's worked with you once before, right? So I'm curious um, when you come to do this, is she equally as fun and 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 happy to see you and all that stuff? You mean from one episode to uh, coming yeah. back for these? The, the Yeah, absolutely. Everybody was so nice. She, I mean, I, I don't have a bad memory of getting to play on 90210. Everybody was sweet. Everybody had been doing it for a long time. So yeah. everybody was relaxed and at home and, and welcoming. There wasn't this... And it was such a, I mean, a mega hit that everybody, there wasn't an anxiety around it, right? So everybody could just be relaxed. And enjoy themselves. Was, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They were hiding it at that point, I would say. <laughs> uh, really? I don't well, remember only, only any of that. There was a lot of anxiety because it was the end of 
a season which was always provoked anxiety, whether who was coming back, who was not coming back, what were they going to get paid? Who was, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and in this case, it was like, who, who was going to run the show, who had the sh where the series was going to go, because college was over. This was the end. Right. And uh, so, yeah, but I mean, but look, they were great professionals. So I'm not surprised that everyone, you know, showed up and did, did their work. And they were intensely proud of the show, too. I mean, you know, just hearing uh, Jason talk today about it and stuff, and what yeah. was going on. Uh, it was pretty interesting. If you get a chance, I hope you you uh, catch the show and some of the stuff he said, which including included, and Pete, tell me if I'm wrong. He said that he actually drank liquor on the set. He did say that. He did say that. <laughs> like he it, said it, that he was really. Scene, he was actually. He had real booze in his flask, and he was drinking, which is you know. Um, pretty. pretty, pretty um, you know. How oh, was I Jason? Jason as a director, how was that? Was he was he a good director? Did you like working with him? I did like working with him. Um, I don't have any like strong memories of, of it just, I mean, he'd been doing it for such a long time and everybody was already a part of the team. It just seemed to me like it was just so, so easy for him to step behind the camera and it just seemed to like flow. Yeah, I don't remember it being like, oh, here's an actor trying to direct. Like, I didn't have that sure. experience with that. So he was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, Ruth, before you, you head out of here, I want to show you something. We have what? we have um, dailies from a from a different episode. So this is from uh, the what was the name of this episode, Larry, with the blind um Oh, uh, this would be uh, gift wrapped or no? This was gift wrapped. Yeah, gift yeah. wrapped. This is gift wrapped. Okay, so hopefully oh, the this, Christmas show. Uh -huh. Yeah, hopefully this plays. But here are some of your dailies. So I guess you got the same message as me. Ah, uh, sure did. Dad's not coming. Uh-uh. I hope he's off somewhere having a really bad day. <laughs> well, if I decide to go to school here in the fall, he'll have to show up eventually. I hope he will. He doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, Kelly. Mom? And you must be Joy. I'm Jackie Taylor. It's a pleasure to meet you. Well, I guess I don't have to ask where your father is, huh? <laughs> Seeing the two of you here together. What's going on? Yes, I mean, that's the work of the actor. You see in the process here how the song. I love that works. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, you have, you know, you have so to cool. keep it going. Yeah. You have to see, you know, here, wait here. We're going to bring her in. And, you know, does that, a lot of things go on there. It's when, when you see something, process. when you see something like that, does that put you back there in a way? Yeah. It does. I mean, it's been a few moons, such a long time, <laughs> but it just feels like, yeah, I remember being in that space. I remember completely remember shooting that scene um so yeah that's it's well but i hadn't seen it in a while so yeah that's, yeah, that's why like probably 25 years uh you, you look phenomenal for one phenomenal thing. and uh <laughs> i can only uh, so that's the other phenomenal thing is that you've been working for 25 years and god bless on that i mean that's amazing and, uh, best you. is yet to be i think i have the best is yet to be for you i know you really have great yes beautiful talent well, thank you so much, Ruth. We appreciate you thank being you. here. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I mean, my you. experience was just so amazing there. I mean, I wish I had something juicy to tell, but it was just such a thrill to get to be a part of it. So thank you for inviting me to play.
You are. Right. Right. Stay in touch. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Good to see you. I mean, really great stuff with uh, with Ruth there, yeah. Yeah, gosh, she's she's adorable still. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, she's she's got a lot of interesting projects going on. You should check her out. Right. It, it, this is feeling a little bit like a super show. This has become an epic super show. We still have a couple more things. I know we have our, our we have our favorite, to Ryan. I, I feel bad you got to do the clamming story now. Can you cut it? Out? We're leaving. We're leaving the clamming in because it's really entertaining. Um, and then also so there's a there, that's about 15 minutes. Then we have Drew Drew, Drew Kinney, who's really really gave some good insight. So yeah. I think both are relevant. We've got I don't even know. Let's just go right into you good for months. I think months is would be good. Go here. right to it. Hello, Ryan. Uh, Hey, my man. Hey, what's going on, brother? How have you been, dude? It's good. It's good to. Uh, it's good to see you, man. Nice to see you too. Just been super, super, super busy. Yeah, summer's um, how- coming. Summer's coming. It's a big time there, I assume, right? Yeah, that's our biggest. The that's our heavy season of summer. We get like you know a couple million people coming onto the island, so they all want to eat. Memorial Day weekend. And just between us, I'm curious at how. What percentage-wise have your prices gone up? Um, it's only gone up like a like a couple of three bucks uh, per oh. item. Okay. Um, but we've better. also streamlined streamlined the menu to where we don't offer large. Uh, like, if let's say we have a muscle a, a muscle or a clam dish, it came in uh, appetizer size and then entree size. Now we just streamed it to the uh, one size only, and it's. It's wor- it's working out actually. So, but you know, I have to tell you, I am a shell fisherman. So now you caught my interest right now. The clam, di- what kind of clam? He's I, on the east coast. Of, I I'm make a lot of clam here. dishes. I'm curious, yeah. what's your best clam dish that you make? Um, are, they, are they hard shell clams or are they soft shell clams? Uh, hard shell. They're okay. uh, what we call cohogs. We're they're mostly Manila uh, oh, okay. clams. They're smaller ones. Yep. So you you and... do the bungalow, probably. You do a bungalow and a. We do them. We do them a couple of different ways. We do the classic style with uh, garlic and shallot and, and celery, white wine, butter, and fiends. Right. Um, and then our our house recommended clams. Uh, we we make tasso ham at work as well, so we cure oh, nice. and, and, and smoke it. So um, there's tasso ham. There's half half tomatoes, piquillo peppers, garlic, white wine, butter, fiends. So it's kind of so a, you're just steaming these. Are you then in the oven? They're baked, or you're steaming? You're steaming them in a pot, like yeah. We just saw Tam. We just saw Tam and steam them in a pan, and and, and people are eating them with a the bread. With the bread, and, and yeah, we make we make off. fresh sourdough. Yeah, and, I do. Nice. Uh, we do a couple of things. We do a clams casino with. Uh, I mm-hmm. shuck the clams, Worcestershire sauce, a little piece of bacon, and then bake it for like thirty minutes. It's fantastic. You should add a little bit of jalapeno on top of that. Could do that. That's a that's an Indian recipe here. My Wampanoag friends taught me. I'm my waiting wife, for Emerald Lagasse to join us or, here. Or, yeah. my, <laughs> my wife does a clams oregano with, uh, you know, breadcrumbs, oregano, uh, oregano, and and some other spices. And we also we also bake those for like 15 minutes. Okay. And, I'm keeping uh, yeah, this all in, Larry. I'm keeping yes, this okay, whole. No, I, I, now we we'll get back to the show. <laughs> no, but I'm keeping this all in. That. I'm keeping it all in. This but is you really would love. It. I mean, again, we, we're talking about real clams here. Quahog. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Neck, no, when I say I, I, I mess with the best seafood on the planet, I mean we get everything from calamari to right. octopus. We have live, live uh, 
lobster flown in from Maine every yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, we have the lobster, you know, just around my corner. And, and also, I, I, you know, obviously oysters, but you have good oysters there too, I know. But oh, we yeah. Have, we have great oysters here. Yeah, we get some. I can, uh, shuck the, I can shuck those too. I just got a new shucking knife today. What nice. Is, that? is it Prince, Prince Edward's Island? Is that, uh, well, is that's that on the east coast of Canada. That's yeah, on the east coast, coast of we, Canada. Yeah, we get uh, three or four different varieties from there flown in when uh, we have trouble finding the ones that we want on the west coast. And right. the east coast, I've noticed the east coast oysters are a little bit saltier than the ones that yes, are on the west they coast. They definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that has something to do with the Atlantic, I guess, a little more salt per volume i suppose yeah. let's talk about the show i oh, know i'm wondering is, is it the recipe no, swap no. done is it <laughs> no i'm keeping that all that is great no the fans <laughs> are going to love that re recipe swap i mean uh, do you want to share the recipe larry and or, or are, you, are you good well, now? i shared one which was you know shuck clam and just add some moisture mm. sauce and yeah. a piece Oops. of bacon and just bake it bake it for 30 minutes you know you're laughing on that you know there you go don't, it sounds don't, delicious, don't, man. Don't uh, screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's get some more months in. Um, for graduation day, man, you're all over this episode, and you've got some really, really amazing, really fun, awesome stuff throughout the, the entire the two episodes. The first time we see you in this, you show up from Me Mexico with a whole bunch of fireworks. Do, do you remember? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I drive up in yeah, we give an entrance. <laughs> go ahead drive up in my jeep and i got a poncho and a sombrero on um i made a, actually made a a meme out of that uh somebody had still shot it and sent it to me i was just like oh my god so i started doing mexican words of the day with that you know oh that's amazing <laughs> man. yeah so there you go larry you see what you did for, for I like it, and then, yeah well i know also in the in the, the year before he had the uh, he was shooting uh, margaritas like a uh, pistol out of a little pistol at yep. the uh, after Palm Springs show, that's right. Well, actually, um, that was two seasons before. Then you get hood you hoodwinked into this whole thing with Ian and Brian or Steve and David, and uh, you're you're planning the prank. You're, right, you're going to set something off at the thing. Do you remember doing those things with Brian and um and Ian and those scenes together? Because they're, they're really they come across really fun uh, on the show. So I'm sure you guys were having a blast. <clears throat> yeah, it was a blast. Um. I remember uh, showing up, it was, I don't know, late afternoon, it was a nighttime shot. So we just kind of hung out and were chatting with each other, you know, think, t talking about what we were gonna do. And uh, for the most part, during um, all of the setup at night, uh, Jason just let us, for the most part, just kind of, we, we stayed true to script, but he just let us improvise and yeah. it worked out so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he tends yeah. to do that quite a bit, actually. You know, hey, just go do your thing. You know, you're not even written in the scene. He's like, hey, just go do your thing. And you just yeah, walk up. It, it wasn't a lot we did at nighttime at the college, but that was at the college, I assume, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm. And it, yeah, it was, a, it was a blast. That that nighttime shot was so much fun. And then we see the explosion the next the next day, and it's really amazing and all of that stuff. Um did you feel like you graduated from CU? I mean, during these uh, these couple of episodes, you know, you know uh, not not really. Except the only time that it really set set in was uh, when we were done with that season. Um, 
typically they'll send you send you stuff to your house so like one year for christmas i got like sweatsuits and and nike sneakers and and different stuff but this time i actually got my uh diploma from cu with my name on it ryan thomas brown um and that was like wow now i can actually say I graduated college because i didn't graduate <laughs> college i only went for a year and then i moved to la and started acting at 19 so yeah um i'm curious um and I, i'll ask about the other scenes too but were you because the college years were done and you were a college year character but you did come back in the later seasons but were yeah. you at that point assured that well i will stay in steve's life or did you know where you would be brought back or what was your thoughts about it at that time um i didn't really know because at that time i was uh in between agents so my agent at the time wasn't really doing anything for me. Um, so I actually got contacted by the show saying, you know, hey, we want you to come in and do an episode. So I didn't even have to give my, what was it, 10 or 15% to my agent. I just kept everything myself. But they just contacted me directly and said, hey, we want you to do this episode. We want you to do this episode and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, it was, they, they stayed in contact with me, told me, you know, hey, we want to keep you keep you running in every, you know, every once in a while. And it was great. You know, I love, love doing that show. I mean, bro, you were there all the way to the very last episode. I, th I feel like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you, your character came in college and you stayed all the way to the end. So you were a part of Steve's, you know, click or his group, his friend group, you know, it's a fraternity, yeah, actually, buddy. fraternity buddies are for life. Yeah. I actually watched a little bit of that this morning when I was waking up and there was a scene where uh, Chancellor Arnold is, given that quote, you know, uh, about the the road least traveled. If you look at my face, when he says that, they they pan to me. And my, it's like one of these, it's like, oh, <laughs> it was so funny. Um, All right, we got, we got one more months clip here, Larry. Um, we, we should say Chancellor Arnold this is the end of that character as well. We didn't really talk about that. Um, Nick Pryor was so good uh, on 90210. Is there anything you want to say about Nick Pryor, Chancellor Arnold? Oh, it was such a delight to be able to write for him because he could do, you know, he, he you know, he has such a light touch. You could, you know, he could be, you could have some fun with him, maybe get some, some laughs out of him too. And then of course, you know, we knew that in real life he was married to Christine, <laughs> Uh, who plays Steve's uh, Samantha Sanders. So that was really a natural. And that actually is a big part of the, uh, that was the elephant in the room in this episode with, uh, she's not in it, but you know, it's the, you know, he, Chancellor Arnold is part of the triangle with Steve, Claire, and Chancellor Arnold. And she That's right. Chancellor Arnold. She chooses her father over Steve. And, uh, that's I think Claire makes the right choice. Her father, her mother, as we learned in the series, has passed away, and she feels a responsibility to go be with uh, yeah. her father. Yeah. And also, Steve Sanders is not; she's not going to marry Steve Sanders. Do you know what I mean? So she's making a choice uh, for her life at that point, and I think she looks incredible in this episode as a Claire. Oh, the Claire look is looks holy geez, yeah. a level of unknown. With yeah, the I mean that, that plot line where the where the chancellor falls in love with an actress is, of course, you know, just doomed to fail. It's just yes, yeah, there's nothing worse than falling in love with an actress. Anyway, uh, let's go see more. <laughs> here. Clip, clip, clip three. You also dress up like Babe Ruth in this, and you have a really great line, Larry. I'm going to let you. I'm not going to botch it, so I'll let you deliver the line. Well, I mean, you have the clip of it. I, I, it would take oh, me a moment. I, I was telling this thing, Brian. The reason I think I love the line so much is, is because I just had written that line 
when two men came into my office and told me I'd been fired. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. You know, no yeah. good deed goes unpunished. That's um, right. And so, but the line was, I just have it. It was, you know, because the takeoff of the whole Babe Ruth thing where, you know, he, he basically promised a, a sick kid he was going to hit a home run. But in Munster's world, Munster promises the sick kid he's going to drink a bottle of scotch. <laughs> right. And, it's, and it's, just, it's just really, it's beautifully done. You point to the bar, you look like the babe. It's a, one of the wonderful moments. So I always feel like I went out in fine style. Uh, what about that scene? That's that so great. And Jenny seems like she really even enjoys that. Uh, you know, <clears throat> it was funny. Before we shot all that stuff at the, it was the Wiltern, wasn't it, Larry? Yes. Um, Jason comes walking up to me and he's like, so, Hey, bro, we need you. Uh, we need you super drunk by the end of the, <laughs> by the end of the episode. So when, when you come walking out of the wheel turn and you get into the limousine, we're going to have a couple of girls with you, but we, we need you drunk. And I'm like, I can, I can act drunk, dude. I mean, that's what I do. I, mm -hmm. I got you. And he's like, no, I don't think you understand. We need you drunk. <laughs> so follow me. I was yeah, like, okay, exactly. That's what he did. we go walking a half a block down from the wheelchair and there's this little bar, you know, kind of is almost connected to it. And we walk in there and he grabs the menu and he's looking at it. And he's like, you ever had a Cosmo? I'm like, no, I've never had a Cosmo. He's like, you are today. Can I get two Cosmos, please? And he orders two Cosmos. And he's like, we're just going to take these right to the neck. Drink them. Two more Cosmos, please. Jason Priestley got me drunk that night. <laughs> Wow. And he got himself drunk. He told us uh, on his interview. Uh, yeah, he told us on his. He kind well, of confirmed. You know, he's got he method confirmed directing. This. Method directing. I guess. He said so, that yeah. he was drunk. Um, he was drinking yeah, a lot last, on that yeah, episode. Yeah. More, yes, on that episode, and it was annoying Jenny Garth. He said, "Was it, do you remember that?" I don't remember because I was drunk, <laughs> but I was having a great time. So, Jason, thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that is amazing. Well, it's a beautifully done. You're right. I, I have to watch that that moment really. Uh, oh, I got to rewatch the whole episode. Where he's like stag I remember him walking to the, the limousine. We just watched it the other day with the yes. girls, which I said, oh, yeah, that's really good. I'm so glad we did that. <laughs> um, the cardigans played. Do you remember them? What did you think? Yeah, I remember a lot of the musical acts that came on. Um, so much fun when you see them performing. It's like you get a little free mini concert, you know? Totally. Uh, <laughs> do you know who almost played? Um, no, not right. And I can't remember right offhand. Go ahead, Larry. Oh, this was, you know, again, uh, part of my the bittersweet story for me, but I actually had... <laughs> the spice girls play at oh. the party they were tell me what you want what you really really want larry yeah. exactly <laughs> i want to be your lover or something like that what i don't know what else they say yeah that is the song but, yeah okay mm -hmm. uh but it, it it didn't happen because you know J jason as he as he admits one of the one of the cardigans Yes. The Spice Girls were well, everything that was wrong about the show is what he said to me. Jason, by the way, in the interview, Larry was would be happy to know. Jason said that he was wrong, and the, the Spice Girls should have been the the uh, the act for the uh, for the for this episode. So it was was that redeem was that redemption in a way, Larry? Yes, it was definitely. I've had many of those <laughs> moments in my career, you know, after the fact. How did the Spice Girls thing fall through? Well. Jason just struck Jason it down. Struck it down. Yeah. He vetoed it as the director. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, at that time, and, and basically, I got vetoed also at the same time. And, you know, it was like uh, a vote of non-confidence, and that everything but, but, I was up doing was wrong for the show. But, but in in fairness to what Ryan's going to say, you were going to just say the Cardigans were a very, very, very popular band at that moment. Yeah, they were. 
they were. And and they did did just have that big thing in Romeo and Juliet. And that did that I can see, I can sort of see how the position of bring them in comes to be because they were so popular and that song was such a hit at that moment in that moment in time. But to your point, uh Spice Girls would have been um, an event to watch. You sure. Know. Yeah. Well, it was a big gesture from from uh, Kelly Taylor's father. Right. Mm -hmm. That too. Uh, do, do you have any fun John Riley stories? Do you remember John Riley was Kelly's dad in this uh, episode? <clears throat> yeah. No, I can't. I can't think of of one right offhand. Uh, what, when I what, doing what about uh, Jed, Jed Allen? Steve's Steve's. Uh... Oh, Jed Allen. I, I believe he was with my agent at the time. Um, <laughs> own manners, if. Uh, or maybe he wasn't i don't know because i i think he was either that or one of my uh managers because when i first met jed he's like hey you're with my guy and blah 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 so um i always enjoyed working with jed because he was just you know he he not only was he steve's dad but he carried that set dad vibe if that makes sense totally yeah. mm -hmm. oh always cool always on the level i mean it was jed allen you know he just commanded a presence when you looked at him you're just like god you need to be on soaps oh wait you were on soaps yeah exactly <laughs> yeah amazing man all right well thank you so much for your time here ryan i hope all is going well with you in washington and let's stay in touch for sure lots of cool things in the works so yeah, yeah. it should be a great uh, memorial day weekend for you have some fun also between all the hard work and uh you know get my ass kicked boys <laughs> i know sure <laughs> Uh, you, are you having a, a worker shortage there like we are in Martha's Vineyard? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can find everybody and their mother wants to work front of house and sell the food. Nobody wants yeah. to cook it. Yeah. And the people in the back of house with me, um, I should be front of the house because I can do everything in a restaurant, to be honest with you. I, I can sell our food, no problem. But my passion for cooking is what keeps me in the kitchen. Mm. And uh, it's like, it's almost like a, when you're when you're doing double ups and and, and filming the you, there's there's that chaoticness about it where you're just like there's so much going on right now what episode are we working on you know and you're just looking up at the ticket rail you got you know five lobster rolls five clams five mussels how am i going to fire all this you know so yeah <laughs> what's what's the name of the restaurant again it's called a uh, saltwater fish house and oyster bar and it's in langley washington and saltwater. i if there's ever a meetup up in Washington, I and mean, shit, we can do it in in that little town. I would love to have you guys up and cook. Would be island. Would be, so it would be on me. So that's amazing, man. Yeah. And for anybody who's up in that area, go to the restaurant and hang out and see uh, and see months and hang out with them. Yeah. Use code word months, and I'll send you out a free appetizer. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> amazing. All right, brother. Thank you so much for your time. This has been great. Hell yeah! Love Bye -bye, you guys. Right, love you too, my man. Good seeing you. And it is so good to see months, man. Are you, I mean, we got to get up there, man. We got to do a road trip. When you get back, when are you getting back again? When, uh, this, this so I, it's end of July, July 30th. This Martha's Vineyard is too long for us. We need uh, we need you back in, in California, man. Uh, all right, let's jump into Drew Kinney. It's two parts. Uh, he gives some really good info, too. We are knee-deep into the Super Show. This is our last interview, though, so there is, there is that information. But Drew always brings the goods and the nuts and bolts of how it all came together. We gotta unmute him. We gotta unmute him. Where it is? Uh, trying to see what this is. A uh, university. Grateful North Carolina. Dead. Yeah. Grateful Dead in North Carolina together. Oh, okay. I love that. Well, that's why I was really confused. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Don't you love that? In North Carolina together. Interesting. Larry, are you a Grateful Dead fan? No. Well, I mean, I, I respect it, but I, I, I can't say I'm a, a deadhead. No. 
Never, uh, never bought a record. Never. Really, I have a bunch of the records. Yeah. How is the record collecting going? I'm. Uh, is Larry in our in that little in that group that we have? Uh, you got to add Larry. He would love that vinyl group. Oh yeah, the Heady Wax Fiends, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's going good. I I got a um, I found a 1959 mono 6i Miles Porgy and Bass original the other day. Nice. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, when you were out here, did you go to that spot Amoeba Music a bunch? Is that was that a go to? It, it was not. It, it was, was not there, there yet. Yeah. I used to go to Tower our Records, Aaron's Records on Highland. Right. Nice. Uh, Tower Records on Tower Sunset Records. or the Virgin Megastore. That's probably not even still there. No, that's not there anymore. Yeah, that was really something. The Superstore record stores are gone. Isn't that sad that we lost all of those, especially we losing Tower Records? Did you see uh, see the documentary on Tower Records? I thought that was, was really great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Did you see that, Larry? Yeah. All things must pass. All right. Well, we are here now to talk about this episode of 902 No, which is graduation day. Did you get a chance to rewatch this, Drew? I did. I did um did you remember any of it <laughs> well I, i'll tell you the one thing i remembered more than anything was uh the cardigans in the um the lobby of the wiltern theater what do you mean I, by this I, <laughs> yeah that that whole bit with them on stage that was in the lobby at the wiltern theater so oh, that really? background was that's the that's inside the wiltern <laughs> that's hilarious oh wow yeah, yeah. it worked and it worked perfectly for that because we could shoot some stuff downstairs and there was holding places and we had a, there was like a, a couple of different spots and stuff on the stairs and nobody, you never knew it was a board. I totally forgot about that. I had forgot it was wilting. I remember we had scouted a bunch of different places. We had scouted the Palladium. We had scouted some other ones, uh, probably the uh, Wilson Bear. And then, what's going on? My dog Okay. Um, well, he yeah, really wanted cool. it to be at the Palladium. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad choice, he thought. Yeah. Only part of the show. Okay, so here we are. Um, Wilton is a great theater. I've seen some good shows there. Drew, are you on those scouts? Do you go on scouts like that? When Larry just said that we we, we scout at these um, places sometimes. Uh, you uh, some of them, you know, like especially. Um, if we're having like let's say we're doing double ups or something then we, we absolutely have to divide and conquer to get all that done or if we're doing a tech scout absolutely a tech scout because i've got to you know make sure everything fits in the location and all that good stuff pass it down to everybody on the team um, but then there's other times when the, the things you're going to do are so big that you have to go to preliminary scouts because it's the only way you can figure out the budget so like the santa monica beach club a great example I wasn't there when that was scouted because I started, you know, with the beach club. So they already figured that out, but that kind of a place, if you're going to do something like that, you bring key people with you. Cause they got to tell you how much it's going to cost to create all the boardwalk and all the other mm-hmm. things to do. You know, the um, writers the writers are going there to figure out how to write things and how to stage things and how it's all yeah. going to fit in the script and everything. And also helping out with the budget too. So you have to be making your days. You want everything to be able to work out for a couple of days in a big location absolutely i imagine you didn't do too much in though it's a the stuff on the on the hill with valerie there where she's gonna maybe uh you know commit suicide or whatever it is i'm sure you didn't do too much there but the crane shots were very cool i mean we talked about that with jason um so were you, were you there for any of that probably not um you know i probably was there at the beginning of the day mm-hmm. but you know it's it's funny the thing that that one made me remember was the dream that tiffany had where she's running down the hallway i can't right. remember steve, Wa- steve wasserman is a dead body 
Yeah, exactly. And and we and it was basically like that same spot in Santa Monica and Rick Gunter and you know Bill Baker and them they had the shot maker camera which Paul Wagner uh, referred to it as the mortgage maker because we got because <laughs> we got to rent it in basically every episode. Yeah. Uh, but but the cliff was so precarious you can't get very close. And so to make it look like you're on the edge you have to be on the other side of that like concrete fence that they built. Yeah. Um and, and you have to be in a certain position where it's safe enough for somebody to stand, even with a safety. So we did a whole thing where it was like long steel runners with a door out there over the edge of the cliff with the shot maker, like pushing the camera through and down to, you know, PCH on the bottom. Mm. That's what that scene made me remember was that whole logistics of figuring out how to get the camera that far yeah. over the cliff. I mean, I mean honestly, now the shot maker was the only thing we could use. Now be I mean, a drone, right? I mean, now is a drone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so Absolutely. easy and yeah. cheap. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. The other thing is graduation. So you you probably did a bunch here at um, CU for the for the well the explosion and also um, and the graduation setting up the graduation itself. There were two graduations, yeah. Pete. That's that's right. There was the first graduation is this the elementary school. Gra- graduation yeah, yeah. And which, um, which you know, if, if you go back and look at it, i mean it's like if people haven't seen the episode they gotta go back and look at it because they are really similar like I like know. we made it made that that thing to like try i love it I, I just so love that, that misdirection all the little the kids and first you think you misinterpret what it's going to be and then you see our kids later and they that now because now they're not the adults they seem like littler kids because of sure. those two scenes yeah it's really nice. We didn't talk. We'll talk about that tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, Larry. But that's yeah. Just, I that's, thought it was a, a great opening. I think. Um, a great title sequence. It's a title sequence. Do you remember putting together the 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 graduation setup? And what about the explosion? You know, I don't remember specifically things related to the explosion. I, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff that re- revolved around it. Um, the fireworks that go off for the prank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and. You know, well, that would have been special effects. It was pyro, so it was special effects. Yeah, and and we would have had. To, I'm sure that we went over that like on the tech scout or something. But you know, it's one of those things. Like sometimes you're doing that kind of a thing on a scout. Um, we're at another place, and I'm measuring a bunch of stuff with somebody else to make sure that all, you know, all the other stuff's going to fit there because mm-hmm. really not much for me to do over there. Um, but you know, those graduation things. I mean, you know, we ended up doing a number of graduation things, and that was, you know, that's kind of the funny thing is that they're all really the same. You know, it's all <laughs> like you need some kind of bleachers or some kind of thing with a rows of people to sit, and you need uh, a wall of curtains and and the gi- of- like the giant CU uh, all that yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you got to have all the accoutrements. So whether it's you know West Beverly High and the the Wildcat logo, or CU and the Condor, you know uh larry we got we have one more clip to go but i I wanted to ask you about something that drew brought up there we didn't even mention it at the very start of graduation day there's a false graduation in the oh yeah one of the great moments you we do a misdirection we we let the audience think this is the graduation thing and of course it's really like a kindergarten graduation like in la everyone gets a trophy so like yeah Yeah. it's already it's aaron's well it's aaron's graduation graduation, david uh, and uh, kelly's uh you know yeah such good stuff though very cute i love the title sequence chris isaac's graduation day such a good track good choices all the way around right from the start of the episode yeah that's that's the episode title sequence yeah it's really good 
Yeah. All right. Here is the rest of Drew Kinney, and then we're going to be saying goodbye to everybody. Drew Kinney first. Um, so the, the other thing, too, of course, is this Roaring Twenties party. I guess that's probably at the World Turn most of what you remember doing and setting up, right? Yeah. Yeah. With that, the lit floor and because it like where the if you go back and look at that again, where the lit the back of the lit floor is like their sort of, you know, proscenium behind them. That's literally right there. That's the doors into the will turn. Mm. Go to your seats. So when you see that arch over their heads, it looks like it's real decorative. We didn't build that. That's just the will turn. We just we found a good place with a backdrop. We didn't have to build something like that. It was fantastic. I didn't realize that. Well, because then we do see uh, Kelly's dad, John Riley, uh, sitting in an empty, almost sitting in an empty theater, right? Well, the ba- on the balcony. Balcony, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, we shot in a couple of different places inside the building there. It worked out perfectly. And I'm sure that there was probably something else we did during the day nearby, you know, in a neighborhood. Because, you know, around the corner, there's a bunch of houses. So we could, they had sidewalks so that we could shoot something outside. And Mr. Spelling would say it was Beverly Hills because they had a sidewalk. <laughs> uh what about setting up the scene with donna and um and uh the the donna losing her virginity and in, in that with the candles uh i know jason asked for was telling us he asked for a lot more candles but was only allowed to have six candles and um somebody a producer told jim, him we- jim weatherall told him it'd be six hundred dollars to have, to have, a, to fire have a fire marshal on set do you have any recollection of any of this uh, now, I, I don't think I was there when all of that went down, but I remember the meetings in like Paul's office and Jason going, I got to have like, it's got to have like 200 candles, man. You got candles everywhere. You know, it's like, it's got to be, you know, and it's of course the, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but one of our old directors, Gil, I can't think of his last name right now, but he was the guy who would say like, I want a gazebo. So I'm going to ask for the Taj Mahal and I'm going to make a scene out of it. And they'll go, fine, have your damn gazebo. So it was kind of like Jason was doing that kind of thing, knowing that like he needed the dozen candles yeah, and if he didn't ask for 300, he was going to get two. It's a negotiation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so I can remember, you know, Paul rolling his eyes and just... I was going to say, yeah. And, 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 and me too, because yeah, yeah. one thing, you know, I, it just seems so unnatural, of course. And, yeah. Uh, but, and Jason kind of laughs about it now, the, the yeah. corniness of it. But yeah. all directors, it's like the mirror shot, the, the candle shot. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, in, it's in the DNA of a director. Yeah, I'm gonna start in the mirror and pull out. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's great. great. Never seen that one. Um, Frozen. And this was a big. The big, other big thing about this was that you know, Larry left. Kathleen leaves. There's some leaving. There's some people moving on, and you're staying, obviously. But what is that like for you as a another person on the crew to see? some of your friends that you've been working with for a long time kind of moving on in their in their careers um you know it, it's great to see people like getting to go do something else and mm-hmm. you know it's like when you're when you're working on an episodic like that um when you're working in production because you have hiatus time like you have more time than most people have off during the year um other people go do you know tv movies or a feature or something else um, or just go on vacation. Like me, I was like, screw this. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to go take three months off, man. And right. I have a job. Why would I go? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go enjoy life. So see you I would get on a plane and I would fly back here to North Carolina and hang out with all my college buddies, you know, and right. I not work for a while. Um, but, you know, so that was, it was kind of interesting because, you know, like the season would end and you'd say goodbye to everybody. And then like, 
the, the immediate people that I worked with every single day, like the set dressing crew, props, construction, all those people. Well, we, I, I knew all those people were coming back because like, you know, Tom or um, Jill, Bill or Carlos that said, I'm, I'm going to be back next season because they would, Paul wanted to know that that person was coming back because then that meant all the other people were going to come back with them and he didn't have to worry over right. how, it's like what was going to happen, you know? Right. In the, in the very first season, and I don't remember what her name was, there was a woman who was the production designer and she became ill and that's when Tom Fector came in. Mm -hmm. And so I moved to LA to work on a movie with him. The plug got pulled on our movie. I made a phone call. Somebody called somebody else. And somebody called Paul. Michael Cudlitz called Paul Wagner and said, hey, Victor's available again and made a phone call. And so, you know, you kind of start to watch people doing that. And like, you realize that that person that moves on to something else, that could be a connection for you later for something else. You know, it's like totally. the Little Feet song, like, you know, don't abuse the people on your way up because you need them on your way back down sure yeah uh hey let me ask you this too um and so the cu set at this point you wouldn't be using anymore because they would be doing the the newspaper which is I'll, you know we could talk about that some other time but um what what is it like striking a set like that do you save pieces or what oh yeah yeah you, yeah you, you you break down every single piece so i mean all the all the wall elements were broken down into their individual components and reused in other sets. Um, if it's like a doorway or a window frame or something, those are just put in a rack with windows and doors. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's like, say like there was a, there was an arch panel that had the CU condor that was on one of the walls and it's like inside of a reset. Uh, it's supposed to look like a big arch, but it's really just a piece of molding and like a little flat, a mm -hmm. whole 3D thing. That went on the wall in the shop. So anything like that, that was very specific that like you really couldn't reuse it um, you know, there is a point in episodic TV where you might need it for an insert or something for a flashback or whatever it is. Sure. Those kind of things. We just screw them up on the wall and they would stay in the shop and we really never needed the room because, you know, a lot of things you just read, but most of that stuff we could save. Yeah. So, and so the weirdest part about tearing down a set like that is you've, you've been there, like you were there when there was nothing. And you figured out how to make that whole set fit around like the air conditioning ducts and all the structure and the columns on the stage. So you still have all the ability to take things apart and move around. And so those things don't get in the way. And so it kind of, you kind of forget what it's like when it's not there because all <laughs> this is a behemoth and that set was huge. So it took up a third of the stage. I mean, it was it, the peach pit after dark. I mean, that was almost the whole place all by itself with a little swing set space on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, but and, and when the, all that stuff gets torn down you got to go look at it again because now what you can see is here's where the walls were and the floor is painted from one set and there's the part of the painting from another set that was there before and you forgot about oh that's and, crazy man yeah, yeah. archaeological dig you're doing down there yeah 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 absolutely it's like so it yeah, like it unearths all that other stuff from before like one of the um it was one one time at christmas when we had taken down, so I guess the kids had just gone to college because we had the high school set. Mm -hmm. We took down the high school set, so that space was empty. We went away for Christmas break, and then we came back, and that stage had the remnants of red, black, and white paint. Like, remember Eddie Van Halen's guitar style yes. with yes. black stripes? Yeah. Paul yeah. Wagner, who was a construction coordinator, was in a band with 
uh, Michael Anthony's brother. And so he knew those guys. He painted the road cabinets for Van Halen where <laughs> the that was over the break. Because I remember that Paul Wagner was furious because he painted the he painted the um, uh, he, he painted the pathways around too, which we had painted yellow so you could see them in the dark. You know the the the, the fire path around everything. So yeah. You can't do anything. So he painted everything. <laughs> that was one of those things. Like we built another set there, and it was the uh, Donna's dress Donna's Donna Donna's dress shop. Yeah. That whole shopping center was there in the same place. So when that and that was one of the last things. So we were tearing everything down and emptying out the offices. And I remember going out on the stage, and there was the remnants of Van Halen's road cabinets. <laughs> that's the great. Like the dig brought up Eddie Van Halen again. Oh man, that's great. Well, this has been great, man. Thank you for sharing the insight of uh, these this episode and some other stuff too, man. It's always good catching up with you. All good in North Carolina, man. All great, man. Really great, man. I love I love listening to Drew. You know, I mean, he just has Excellent. so much in, so much insight. Um, I want to say one thing. I just got a, a message from Chip Chalmers, Beverly Hills nine hundred two. Yes. Oh yeah. Love and Chip. He, uh, he commented on the clamming stuff. <laughs> My knowledge of clams was legendary. Well, thank you, Chip. Thank you so much. I do love Chip Tom. I want to talk to him because there's an episode in the later seasons that he directed that I, I want to, I want to, I'm going to reach yeah, we'll out to him. Just reach out to him, yeah. I will for sure. He's a great, great dude. Um, I wanted to say this has been really great. I mean, we really kind of did what you what you did with graduation day to begin with, with two episodes in one here. You know, we gave two episodes in one episode, like the season finale. So this is sort of it was our own graduation day in in, in, a, in a way. Yeah. Well done. Yep. All right, Larry, this has been great. We will be off next week, but back the week after that, and um, we will be talking more 90210. Uh, until then, man, it was, it's, I hope you enjoy the vineyard. I know you got a big reggae party this weekend from Memorial yes, Day. Yes, reggae fest, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, and I'll just be watching the Mets do what they do. Go so, Red Sox. <laughs> oh, and also, yes, also, buy my book. Don't forget. Yes. LarryMullen.com. Yeah, you got to start reading this stuff, guys. Anyway, uh, talk to everybody soon. Yes, LarryMullen.com, and also 90 News is coming back with Sarah here, and I wanted to make sure I plug that. And uh, anything else that we need to plug? I, think... I was going to plug my brother's stuff, but I couldn't find out what to plug, but you should go to FredMullen.com. Oh, there you go, FredMullen.com. music on there. Yeah, I just finished a bunch of projects. All right, man, this has been great. Uh, we will see everybody again in two weeks. All right, bye-bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.